Sorry. <laughs> you tell him that I'll have his money when I'm damn well ready. <laughs> what the f- is going on over there? Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Now the time has come for all the true clothes in overthrow the past. We're here to make a change so all can be free. A call has been made. Yeah, joining the show is... Hold on. Joining the show in progress. I do love the reverb, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Omega, I'm sorry. No, don't... No, no, Dean. Omega held on like a tooth, like a baby tooth that was... Roots that were wrapped around the adult tooth and it wouldn't come out. And I'm speaking from experience. Omega Squad held on. And um, bless his heart, he was like, "I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of it." Um, and it was more the product. And it's funny, Dean. What's funny about that, sir? What the last year when I obviously was not watching that. <laughs> yeah. like, we were talking about. No idea who any of those people were. I was like, uh, oh, Charlotte Flair. I wonder if she's uh, related to Rick. Uh, (laughs) I had no idea who these people were. And I'm like, hey, how about we do the results uh, for NXT breakdown? Uh, It was, I yeah, I... I I don't even think I was watching Raw on a regular basis at at that point toward the end. And the ironic Um, thing was, is we all met Last time we were all together was at an NXT event. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and I still, I still had no idea who half those people were. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, Tyrino was a better uh, uh, meet that night, sitting a, a section away from us than anybody in the ring for you. Yeah, I was like, hey, Tyrino's here. Is he uh, wrestling tonight? Uh, DWF World Champion, folks. Tyrino. Now the thing uh, was, is after. Uh, and we'll talk about this. By the way, we're just doing that. We're doing this off the cuff. I'm Dan. That's Craig. Dean at Folsom County is joining us for the first time in five years. Probably. Uh, yeah, it's been five. Omega Squad is joining us. That was going to be the what I was going to tell you, Dean. Omega Squad is joining us for the first time in a couple of months. See, Omega Squad doesn't text me anymore because he knows when he texts me about the show or something he's like either upset or happy about. His the reply was yeah that's cool you want to talk about it on the show tonight <laughs> shit I gotta do the show now god damn yeah. it son <laughs> of a bitch but I got a lot of um there you know people make fun of podcasts all the time and and I know my place which is at the bottom of the totem pole at bo- bo- about below that is my place below no, that totem no. pole I, I I'd say you're clearly uh, you're a Twitch affiliate Dan which <laughs> Uh, means absolutely which means nothing. so much in this world, but no, no, no. <laughs> um, no go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I, I totally. That's okay. It means so much that I'm broadcasting on all platforms to find an audience. Um, no, I 
<laughs> I when I posted the pictures of us, the montage, there's a lot of likes that I didn't expect. And people I haven't talked to in a, in a while were like, oh, really? <laughs> Let me like that. Even George Burr hit me up. And George, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I don't have a phone line hooked up tonight because I would love to have heard what you said because George Burr has been listening since the God. Deer Park uh, reunion days at, uh, at the firehouse. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the uh, What was that called? The... Uh... Consortium, I I forget. I don't I came know. Up with consortium some, concave con. Lab. I was I, I I was making fun that that whole thing. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if Craig is uh, knows knows this story, but that whole thing, like Brady made a big deal. Brady Hicks, God, I I love Brady. I love Brady. Uh, yes, we've had our ups and downs through the years. Uh, we're 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 on. Uh, an up lately because I, I I don't give a shit about the wrestling business anymore. <laughs> but like only way you'll be on an up with Brady. Pretty yeah. much. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty no, much. But yeah. I, I I think he's in a similar place. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably not as far gone as I am, but uh, you know, a similar place. And he had like this, this big deal that it was like in the room consortium and we're going to have people from Australia coming. So I was like, well, that sounds like an awesome idea. I'm going to I'm going to have a consortium of my own. And uh we had uh that was the first time we actually all three of us got together. Uh Omega came up, uh, uh Harry uh came over and he was supposed to hang out with Brady, but he hung out with us the entire time. And uh but yeah, that was all just a that was all a goof on Brady. I'm not even sure if Brady knows that. Um, now. I'm not sure if anybody else knows that. Uh, <laughs> they do. That was Actually, like he won't own... know now because he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But, but that was like my own personal goof in my head uh, to Brady, especially I forget what I named it, like the consortium something or other. But I have up... it. So I still have the audio somewhere. I have a bunch of audio from the old days still in, intact. But we had George and it was uh, Bill Olson Bill. and yep. uh, our biggest fans. Um at the time <laughs> at, at the time yeah i haven't i haven't seen bill in like seven or eight years now but uh but uh yeah i mean it's did you just scratch your back like i did of i did man with i have bone? a i have a back scratcher good lord <laughs> I, I i like it better i i will say this too i i i do enjoy uh audio uh much more than video uh, because I wouldn't have known that that happened. Like, and now I'm disgusted. <laughs> well, Dean, nobody else would have known that would happen because the picture was solely on you, and oh, I was trying oh. to slide it in because and, I have yeah. it on picture view, uh, speaker view, and you completely fucked me. So it's just, well, <laughs> there you go. But Dean, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I slide it in, and he completely fucked you. He played, slide it in, and completely fucked us. Um, I want to. I, I just want to chat. I don't want to lead anything. I just wanted to feel good chat with the original boys, the OGs, and and Craig, uh, <laughs> as Dean alluded to, because look at Craig. There's look at he's such a dapper <laughs> gentleman. I'm just sitting here. This is as nice as it gets as a fat white guy gets. I got my old hill figure shirt that I still fit into. Which is I'm crazy. I'm playing the part of a Bond villain. That's all. Out <laughs> <laughs> with, 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 of my lab. Joking. No, Miss Legans, I expect you to die. <laughs> and she is shaken and not stirred. 
There you go. Uh, but thank you guys for letting me uh, to be uh, a part of this, honestly, really. And I'm, that's going to be a theme of mine um, all night because when you guys started, you know, uh, and it's been 10 years, man, 10. And to look back on where wrestling was 10 years ago, probably, and think back 10 years was when we were all heavily invested in it. And oh. in many hours of wrestling that was on TV, none of us missed a single second of it. And uh, then this podcast, you know, invention uh, comes to our attention and we can talk about it nonstop. We don't have to wait until, you know, the Tuesday after Raw to uh, to discuss it or, you know, there's and there's like minded individuals, you know, oh, my God, they like the same shit I do. And we can talk about it for as long as we want. Wow. You know, I, I can't get this at work. Or, you know, at the normally the only time I could do this would be after an after an event, uh, hang out and stuff. But through you guys, I've got to meet such a, an amazing variety of, uh, of people from across, the, you know, the country that I never would have got to uh, to do. I got to call a wrestling match, something Dude, literally a childhood, <laughs> yeah, a, a childhood dream of mine. You know, I got to be in the ring. Um, I got to interview folks. Dean got to grab the microphone away from me while I was in the middle of uh, doing cool. the promo. <laughs> Even it's the yeah. way he grabbed it, which is Dean has a very unique movement where Dean just was like, "It's <laughs> 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 just like I got this bitch." Thank <laughs> Craig. Sorry. Supposed to do that because that just leaves the announcer. You know, that buries the announcer, the guy that comes in the ring to, you know, to. And I think I was told, if, if, if I recall correctly, uh-huh. I think I was told either by Tank or Justin uh, before that not to grab the microphone from your hand. Because you I, I think it was Tank. I think yeah. it was Tank. Well, Justin told me that, too, because Justin's the one who gave me the ride when all three of us were in the car together. Don't grab the mic from Craig. I'm going to do a thing after the match and I'm going to call <laughs> Craig in the ring. And then he's going to interview us, and then we'll do the angle where Tank Tolan's part of it. Just don't grab the mic from Craig. Okay, got it. He walks in. The first opportunity I had, I grabbed it right from his hands. <laughs> the first opportunity. And that was the end of my announcing career. <laughs> I, I, well, I, was, I, I was fired like three months later, too. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we won't talk about that, though. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. I will say this. um, It's nice to see that the wolf cock lives on. You Um, know, it is. It is. I mean that. um, I mean that unironically. I mean that 100 percent. No joke. I've said it before. Uh, There are very few people that I would work for um, in the wrestling business. At this time, Jake is one, uh, and I would always work uh, for Loudy. Uh, those two are the people that have treated me the best and have shown me the most respect um, through through uh, wrestling and beyond. So, um, but Craig, I, I I will apologize to you now. I, I should <laughs> not have snatched explicit instructions not to grab the microphone. <laughs> As soon as I, I think we were done walking, you might not have even gotten the question out completely. Oh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw it coming too. Cause I was kind of <laughs> back. I was at the, the desk 
I yeah. was at the, the the mixing board, which is a whole other funny story altogether. Of oh god, being, yeah. I'll <laughs> tell that later of me being absolutely fucking terrified. <laughs> um, but we'll tell that story in a second. But I'm just watching, and I see you guys climb the wall, uh, climb the um the. There was like these plastic hockey boards because it's like boys hockey yeah. plays there. Mm-hmm. You guys climbed over these hockey boards like fucking NWO. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, he was just like, <laughs> so he grabbed it. I was like, oh shit, oh man. And and the, on top on top of that, and Chris, re- I don't think you were here for that one, but you've been in. I was not. You yeah. were at the. You've been in the proving grounds when it's four thousand degrees in there, and you're boiling your balls all night. Um, it's the same thing. So it was this little boys. Uh, was it a girl and boys club or just a boys club? Boys club. Um, and it was it's in the middle of North Philadelphia mm-hmm. on a June day, so it's nice and toasty. <laughs> and that's where they booked the show. They had fans going, so it blew all the cool air. It didn't blow all the cold air. It just kept all the hot air in circulation, so it was windy hot. A cyclone <laughs> of a fire cyclone. It was, it was a literally a heat cyclone. It's like a hot box of farts in there because it smells like <laughs> it smells no, like. I- all the hockey and all the other sports that are in there. And then the dressing rooms downstairs, which is a little bit cooler by five degrees. So instead of a thousand degrees, it was 995 degrees. And they're dressing downstairs on these rubber mats where they wrestle. So that's spanked. It's just, that that stunk like that, that stunk like a prison. Uh, that, that, that was like a County jail. Uh, it, it, it didn't matter what time of year you were down there. And and they had like these weird rules, like make sure that the chairs are, you know, at a thirty degree angle, stacked five to a. It's like what? Why are we going through all this trouble? I don't understand. It smells and horrible down here. I was wearing a suit. Yes, yes. And the thing is, is I'm wearing. <laughs> I brought like a nice shirt because I was supposed to continue my role from that last new moon oh, yes, show commish. where yes. I was the commish. Uh, that didn't happen because, well, we'll talk about that in a second again. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because I'm like, I'm not changing. It's a thousand degrees in there. Craig, Craig, I don't know how you do it. I've never seen you sweat. I'm sure you were hot, but you look good. You know me when it's 30 degrees, I sweat. So I'm, I'm, I'm sweating off fat and cheesesteaks just sitting there boiling in this fucking building here's the catch i'm supposed to be the commissioner i i tell this story because i think it's funny mm-hmm. right before the show we're all standing around and we hear somebody <laughs> get hit with a chair i thought i'll you tell your side and i'll tell you my side i did with there too i pay no attention to it because i'm like somebody's messing around i know everybody here somebody's taking a picture or whatever <laughs> two minutes after i hear the sound <laughs> I see the American Roughneck bleeding buckets, which no pun intended because his nickname's Buckets, walk up to me and go, hey, I got you. You're the only one I trust with the, the sound booth. You got to do the sound. And he pulls his hand back and it's just caked with blood and blood is dripping from the back of his head. Um, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. He goes, yes, you are. I got to go. And he waddles out of there and goes to the hospital. It's. I'm I'm not exaggerating, Dean. I think it was ten or ten less minutes. Yeah, ten, ten to fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes to show time. To show time, and I have a line 
of every single motherfucker wrestling that night. And Brady, there were a lot. And, and there, there was were, like it's like twenty, twenty-two people. I think King Kalua himself, uh, Northeast Indie Wrestling Legend. Yes, he was. King Whoever that fucking is. Kalua. Yeah. Uh, he Our is someone guy. I read in the After Mag- magazines in 1986, and I'm like, yeah. I'm on a show with, with King, King fucking Kalua. This and is he's amazing. Still, and here's the thing about King Kalua. That dude has not aged since 1985. No, he hasn't. It's like Metal he, Maniac. It's, yeah, he looks exactly the same. It's like Arn Anderson, only Arn Anderson now has the pun- the beer punch, but he looks exactly the same as he did in 86, other than the beer. But but King Kalua has no beer punch. He looks exactly like he did in the magazines through the 80s and 90s. It's insane. And I'll forget. I don't mean this insultingly to him, and I'll forget about him. And then he'll pop up at a fucking show. I'm like, that fucking, like he looks I, the I, same. I have no idea how that show was booked because King Kalua is there. <laughs> There's like... Indie wrestlers from like, I don't know, coming from Delaware, coming from like Pittsburgh wasn't area. Wasn't Arch Cassidy there too? Possible. I I, I think the, he was. That's the first time I heard his name ever was yeah. on that. Yeah. Orange Cassidy, Rory Gulak. Rory Gulak was there. Oh yeah, Rory was there. <laughs> Rory was there. Rory was there because I got him there. Whoops. Uh, Whoopsie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. But so that what a 15, dark, what a dark, dark demented mind that poor, poor Roy Gulak had. Listen, I, I haven't dark. commented on it publicly, but I'm just saying, don't kink shame. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, just move on. We're moving on. <laughs> see, the, the, we had a full lineup of uh, of wrestlers ready to go, and. I'm <laughs> Craig yeah. always the Craig, professional. Craig, moves I love on. you. Craig's Craig. like, we're doing it. I love you, Craig. <laughs> He's see, like, we're already that, gone. No, that see, thought, dude. see, that's <laughs> the difference between uh, Chris and Craig is is Craig just moved on. He completely ignored where I was going to go with the kink shaming and everything else. Completely moves on and. Again, Dan back. No, honestly, though, Dean, he's keeping Dan on track because Dan will forget what the fuck he's talking about in about five seconds. That's he wasn't doing that for you. He's doing it for me because he knows he knows. Oh, look, kitty cat. Um, to finish my part of the story, because I desperately want to hear what Dean was going to say. Um, there's <laughs> there's 20 wrestlers or 22 guys and girls standing there ready to give me lists on their yeah. entrance music. And at the end of this line is <laughs> that King Blackie, King Blackie was there but um black g's yeah black g's is at the end of this line ready with a cd he's the only one that had a fucking cd he was the only one prepared here here's the cd thank you somebody got the assignment so i had to because i'm trying to figure out uh uh baldy's fucking setup alders i'm just kidding roughneck i love you he doesn't explain to me the setup i've never used a dj booth in my life so with my Knowledge of electronics, I said, I'm not using any of this shit. I'm using this fader, and I'm going to YouTube. I hooked it up to the public Wi-Fi. It just wrote down everybody's music and had it all ready to go past the ads and just did the fades manually. And it and not for nothing, sounded pretty fucking good. Until we got to <laughs> Ty Awesome, and Ty Awesome, of course, was the only music that fucking worked. Where he, the, the awesome... <laughs> 
connections we had there. He's the one that runs out of the entranceway. Instead of just going to the ring to wrestle, he runs over to the booth, fixes the music, and then goes to the ring. I'm like, just go! What are you coming over here for? It was hilarious. Um, Dean, I gotta know the kink shame lines before we move Well, on. no, no, no. I, I, I... You could kind of... I don't care anymore. You know, I just don't, don't give a shit. Yeah, but don't kink shame, sure. But... Uh, the thing was, he was forcing his yes, yes, no, I know on on uh, unrelenting well, you, 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 people that just didn't want uh, anything to do with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, horses. I don't know. There's <laughs> dogs and horses, and he would. Pre- anyway, um, just <laughs> sounds like a Steve Martin sketch from '73. <laughs> I don't know. That <laughs> really does. Chris Green. Uh, You've been uh, conspicuous by your silence. Um, He's like, why did I come back to Why did I come here? It's just Dean talking. (laughs) The first time I met Chris Green, he brought me about six cases of LEO Zero, and I'll never forget that. (laughs) Can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it was the consortium. It was at the hotel. He opens his trunk. It was like the scene from Heat at the (laughs) (laughs) drive-in. (laughs) <laughs> behind behind you on the right. <laughs> Just he opens the fucking thing and he check it and pull it out. No, but uh Chris is uh, I appreciate why am I out of focus? Hey. There you go. Okay, no. I'm gonna give you blurry. Everybody, you have glaucoma. It's not my camera. Um There you go, it fixed. Chris, you've uh you've been hanging in there and I appreciate it. What keeps you coming back? <laughs> <laughs> uh masochism i don't know um yeah no i mean look guys i mean like i i do enjoy the conversations um i don't watch wrestling as much as i used to and i don't uh don't follow as much as i did but you know you guys are my buds and you know it's always an interesting we always get interesting conversations going especially when you know all four of us are involved (laughs) so yeah where are you? Where do you stand on MMA right now? And then Dean can follow up because I don't. I've never watched it, and I don't, do you even watch that anymore either? Not, not religiously like I used to. Um, you know, there got to a point where I was watching a lot of stuff. All a the lot time. between between what six, seven hours of wrestling, and and usually three to four or five hours of. MMA a week, it got to the point where it was just like a lot of watching stuff and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything other than, than catch up on those things. And I was ended up like fast forwarding through like matches to like try to just to see what happened and things like that. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't follow MMA as much as I used to either. I mean, I keep an eye on it, um, but it largely got repetitive. Um, a lot of the same, it was the same thing with wrestling in a lot of ways, right? You know, a lot of the same things happening, a lot of, you know, in May specifically, it was a lot of decisions, uh, lack of stars, lack of interest. Yeah. And, and it just, it just, it got to be like a job. And I didn't really want it to be like a job. So, um, I still watch MMA occasionally. Like I have a friend who who's really still watches that UFCs religiously. Um, so you know him and I will watch uh, the occasional UFC every once in a while. But um, you know I got 
you know, and I did the same thing with wrestling, right? I'll watch the, I'll, I'll watch WrestleMania. I'll watch the occasional, occasional thing on, uh, you know, AEW comes on or something like that. I maybe watch that for a little bit, but you know, do I seek it out? Not really anymore, but you know, Hey, I, I keep an eye on it. I keep an eye on both things, right? I still keep an eye on, on wrestling. I still keep an eye on MMA. Um, and, uh, you know, Hey, it's, it, it just is the, the way my life's gone. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, 45 instead of 35 now. So I, my priorities are somewhat different. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a lot of the I, same way, uh, with, with, keep talking, with me. I'm listening. I got to step away. Keep, keep going. Dude. Okay. But oh, I, 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 I think I would, it, it, it's, it really came down to stars for me, uh, during the time of HIAC and, you know, we started in 2012. So you're still in, uh, the Anderson Silva era. You're right out of uh, the the GSP era. Yeah. Uh, this is right during the Ronda Rousey era. Um, I think Brock was probably already gone. Uh, but yeah, Brock was already gone back in WWE actually. But um, it it was a very hot time, and I think what happened with MMA specifically is it over. And we were talking about it toward the end of the when we st- stopped doing the show um, in 2017. Is it oversaturated itself? Like they wanted you to watch so much MMA between the pay per view and shelling out seventy dollars, and between the weekly show, at the time it was a weekly show that they were putting on. And I think they scaled back now with whatever deal they have. I don't even know what deal they have. I I think it's ESPN Plus. Yeah. But I mean, that's the only way you really. It, it's it's not Fox anymore, right? It's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Strictly yeah. ES, ESPN Plus. So, I, um, pardon me. I think I almost died. But um, good God. Um, there was just so much of it, and after you got over the crux of the McGregor craze, and you just look, and you're like, okay, all my favorites have retired, or they're no longer relevant, um, and these new stars that they're trying to create just aren't that interesting, um, and it's not wrestling, so you're not writing a storyline behind it. You're trying to manufacture these storylines, but a story like Ronda Rousey comes around once a lifetime, once a generation where someone is that relevant, where someone is that hot, where someone is that much of a trailblazer that, wow, you know, this writes itself. Conor McGregor, when he first started was such a story and everybody wanted a part of that story that it it wrote itself. You didn't have to manufacture that because he was so good at marketing himself. And yeah. I, I'm just glad that after all this time, he is now just a joke. And I, <laughs> I love that, that the, the fact he never defended the title, the fact that he, he is almost completely irrelevant in the MMA makes me so happy. But um, <laughs> you just look back at all this. You just look back at all this stuff. And I, I, I think it was oversaturation along with there was nothing compelling going on. And the people that you... Uh, the Dan Hendersons, for example, as much as I talked about that guy during our run, uh, p- people like that were no longer relevant or retired, like Anderson Silva. Like, he's no longer relevant. He's still around, I think, but he's no longer relevant. 
um, whatever the case may be, there was just like so much so yeah. soon. And I, I just don't think it, they, they thought about longevity. They just cashed in at that time. And, and that, that's, that was their well, unfortunate demise, so to say. Yeah. Well, and some of it is the fact that, you know, we got in that era where we still had specialists in a lot of ways. Like you still had people who had styles. Yeah. Um, you know, and now you have pretty much everybody has everything, right? Everybody's, everybody's learned MMA as a discipline. Yeah. It's a, and, it's and, a and, trained and, discipline rather than just, I'm a wrestler, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a striker. I'm a, you know, a, you know, you, yeah, you, you'd speak with Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson was a wrestler. Anderson Silver was a striker. Uh, you know, and, and you don't have those, that type of differentiation anymore. Everybody is pretty much just an MMA practitioner and, and everybody yeah. knows how to defend chokes and everybody knows how to defend, you know, how to play the game, use the fences and things like that. And it gets a little boring. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, again, with wrestling, what wrestling does have on uh, a legitimate sport is that you can write stories for yeah. uh, wrestling. You can write uh, that Roman Reigns is so dominant. It's yeah. laughable that he's as dominant as he is <laughs> right now. Uh, but um, because let's be honest, if it was if it was real, you know, Brock Lesnar would have. But anyway, sure. I'm not gonna. I, I am a huge Brock Lesnar, uh, Mark. But um, ridiculous. Don't get me started. Don't get but, me uh, started. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't. But the MMA just, unless you're super into it, just has nothing to offer, uh, compelling because it it all it's okay, who's better this particular night? Who it really comes down to the training camps at this point. Who had a better training camp than the other one? And uh, I don't know. I it, it just, to me, well, it, it just it, wasn't nearly as compelling. Yeah, and it, and it, and that's why it kind of peaked out, right? Because it stopped being as compelling. Like, you know, there's still, it's still popular and it's still worth a lot of money. Um, oh, yeah, yeah you don't hear about it as much anymore. Like you don't hear about, it's not a mainstream thing. Like it was, it was for a while. It was like, Oh, it's fastest growing sport in, in, in the world. But now it's uh, just kind of there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People would rather go see the Phillies play, uh, you know, 32,000 fans at citizens bank park, than go to, uh, see MMA perhaps. I don't know, your, but your tweet today or last night, I think this, they are that bad, Dan. I, I just I, think that for all of the never mind, different oh, HNP as look, Craig would call it, holding on podcast. <laughs> well, uh, this is relevant though. This is relevant because sure, it's, it's Philadelphia. Look, look in the off season, you sign Castianos, you sign, you sign Schwarber, Schwarber. yeah, you sign. Uh, I, I mean, you you already had Bryce Harper until the poor man is going to die. Uh, this poor guy is going to be here for 10 more seasons after this uh you got schwarber and castellanos i think they're starting to realize that something's wrong something's wrong with the city and uh you got hoskins at least for another year he's um arbitration next year so they still have control over him um and I, i i like this lineup 
you have JT Remuto, but the poor guy is the best catcher in baseball. And, yeah. and you, you, somehow you mash these guys together and they just can't, they, they can't do it. Joe Girardi, his first 11 lineups, he had 11 different lineups the first 11 days because he's like, I, I don't know what the fuck to do. I, I, I Okay, I'm going to have Schwarber lead off. Okay, Schwarber's not a lead off. I'll put JT. Uh, 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 I'll, move, I'll move Reese to number two. Reese isn't a number two hitter, but it, it, it drives me crazy. And Harper, if he does go to the Hall of Fame, God bless him because he deserves it. If he... Ten, 10 more years possibly uh, of a playoff trial. I mean, granted it's the first 11 games as we record this. Yes. Sure. I get that, but it, it, they're not instilling any type of hope at this point that they, 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 they are going to gel into a cohesive team. Okay. I've the, I've never and and this is a guy who has been watching the Flyers. Don't get me started, Dean. I yeah. feel your pain. Uh, and and I was look, just. Look. You, I, I've you, never seen something so awesome on paper. Not be. I I don't get it. I this one because all the other years, Dean, and you and I have talked about it, and oh, we've yeah, had yeah, yeah. we've come to the same conclusions, but on different angles. Like we we don't agree the howls. But what we usually agree on for the Phillies and you've known my grievances. I've known yours. And this year was the first year where I was like, oh, the billionaire woke up. He spent some money. We we hit the luxury tax. We finally did it. And now I'm watching going. Okay. (laughs) I I, I, I just don't get but like Middleton this year uh, spent so much money. Uh, to get Castellanos, to get Schwerber, uh, the, to uh, he even he didn't have to offer no. Reese the money he offered him, but he uh, just to get him for another year. Um, it's it's just this time you can't say they were cheap. It was it, it, this wasn't just signing Jim Tomey in two thousand four, you know, where they thought that by signing Jim Tomey that they were going to win a world series with just that one guy at first base. This was like, okay, we have a need in left field. Okay. We, we want to hit more. Apparently they were like, well, fuck it. We're going to hit home runs this year. Uh, That's our strategy. And uh, that's what we're going to do this year. And they're not. (laughs) Um, Not I was, I've been there for two games. I, I, I know Craig. And, and that's, that 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 is a very good point not yet um but you know with 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 that roster how long can you wait until this gels like maybe may like and i I, trust me i'm not a guy who wants to fire girardi but um when when do they start looking at girardi's the problem if we're gonna say craig follow up if we're having this same discussion in september I would understand, but we're 11 games in. Um, and we were four and the, the, the Phillies were four and five every year they won the World Series. They started out four and five. So I'm not panicking. We got these guys for a reason. Everyone hasn't has started hitting yet. Um, so Pan- we'll see. Panicking, there's, really right? nothing, there's really nothing else we can do. We've done every, The thing I've been complaining about the most is like we don't have enough offense. 
Now we have offense. And I've always said you can you what you need is good hitting more than good pitching. You don't have to every quarterback doesn't have to have the greatest arm in the world. Just get a guy that can complete passes down the field and you win the game. If we have a pitching staff that's just okay, but we have a murderer's row, then um we'll be fine. I don't we don't need to have as a Phillies fan, we had the best pitching staff on earth. For five years in a row. We did. We did. We won five yes. straight division titles. You know why we didn't get the five straight World Series? Because we couldn't hit for shit. Now we've got hitting. Don't give a fuck about pitching. Let these guys hit. Once everybody starts hitting, we'll be fine. Again, if we're having the same conversation in September, yes, then you can look at Joe Girardi and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? But now it's we're, we're 12 games in. Granted, you, give them the whole, I, you give them the whole year? Yes. Okay, I'm. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm not Howard S. I'm not Howard asking you. I was just. I, I was just leading with the this, direction. With this lineup, you give them the whole year. Okay. Um. So I'm not. I, again, I'm not panicking yet. I still have no fucking. I give them May. Uh, why we can't beat Miami <laughs> to save our lives, but that's. Oh uh, fuck Miami! That's so annoying. I fucking hate that team now. God damn it! It's so I annoying. I just hate them because they're the worst team in baseball, but they we can't seem to beat them. No, that's what that's why I hate them. God damn. Yeah, God damn. No, 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 no. Uh, I like I said, you know, I I did I did uh, say at the very beginning of all that that I know that we're eleven games in, but it just seems. I mean, Schwarber is classically a slow starter. Castellanos is hitting. Um, it's it's just they're not hitting together at this yeah. point. And I, I do realize that in June and July and August, when when it matters the most, yeah. this team should be on track. Mm-hmm. And Joe could probably just sit there like he did for however long he did in New York, New York and yeah. have a winning team. Yeah. Um, Joe, like what makes Joe suspect is he just loves making these weird switches and these weird changes. And he just... <laughs> I, I, uh, he, thank God, there's a DH in the uh, National League, National League now, because this man would, he would throw his grandmother underneath the bus to do a double switch. He loved the double switch, like you wouldn't believe. He would bring in Nick Matan, like uh, nonsensical things. I w- I was there at a game. It was against the Nationals. It was two to one. Bottom of the ninth. Reese Hoskins leads off with a double. I'm excited. I'm like, the Phils are going to come back and win this game. Joe Girardi puts Jankowski in. And I'm like, well, this doesn't make too much sense. Why is he putting a pinch runner on? Well, I know, you know, Reese Hoskins isn't the fastest, but, you know, if, if they tie it up, you, know, you, you might want to keep Reese's bat in the lineup. But, okay, let, let, let's go with Jankowski here. Jankowski immediately gets picked off second base. Immediately. Like, didn't even, like, imme- and so badly. It wasn't just a pickoff, mind you. It wasn't like a bang-bang play to second base. The, the fucking catcher is the one who tagged him out. The catcher ran all the way from home plate, ran out, and t- 
Sorry. I just it's can't okay. continue with that. I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. That's all right. Anyway, get us back on track, Dan. Or I'll Craig, talk about yeah, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, I do. Go ahead, I know Craig. what the fuck we're doing uh, because, well, obviously, the people that tuned in, and I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers of HIC Talk Radio for your first timers or people that have been with us for a while or have been with us for the whole 10 years. Thank you for coming to this wrestling podcast for us to talk about baseball. We've been waiting for this for 10 years, and we finally get to do the scratch. I've been waiting to get these guys on for five, six years together. You know what? Baseball. (laughs) You know what, though? What's funny? When Tim Raines did – Tim Raines is in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, Omega Squad, you know this one. Uh, Tim Rock Raines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. But we had a baseball conversation when Tim Raines because that was Omega Squad's favorite player growing up. Uh, he grew up closer to Montreal than any other normal American city. So yeah. he was he was an Expos fan. So yeah, um, uh, yeah. So he was excited, and we did have a baseball conversation. I believe it was 2015. But uh, that's a little history that you'll get that's here. That's a little history lesson. Listen, yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, I just want to backtrack real quick, Dean. Um, the I haven't talked is, enough, Dan. Uh, sure, yeah. Ask me a question. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I know, but, you know, Chris is, Chris, <laughs> the, Chris is, you know, Chris, let's talk about the beginning. You formed this show, why? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, is that, if that's a question. Yeah, uh, see, honestly. you could tie it into Chris. Why, why, is, why is it called HIAC, Dean, uh, Chris? Well, I, mean, I mean, the whole thing started, it was, it was a forum. Um, Chris and I, we frequented the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, forums. Oh, I'm uh, so back... sorry. Did I say sorry? Oh no, I'm saying sorry. Ugh. But this is back in the day where it was it was a it, it was a huge uh like very active forum. This is like um, 2005, six something like actually that. four 2004. I was four? living in Vegas actually, so yeah. Um, it was 2004, and. I don't. I, I think it it was it, it was Aladdin. He was trying to add Aladdin, Aladdin to his yes. to his blog, and I said, "Oh, you're spelling it wrong. It's two L's or whatever the fuck it is." And from what that else? point on, <laughs> oh well, whatever. What you were trying you to, uh, but whatever yeah. it was. But um, so he spelled it, you know, and we became uh, friends based on Aladdin. Uh, strangely enough, um, but. Uh, like there were all these offshoot forums. And so I started one and called it the hell in a cell uh, forum. And it was uh, basically, what, did it start out on rotten tomatoes? And then I moved it off of rotten tomatoes. I think there were, yeah. I think there was like a listing. See, basically at the time at rotten tomatoes, you could take over a forum because they had a forum basically for anything they had listed. So I think there was the 2003 hell in a cell and we took over that forum um when that dvd came out uh took over the forum and then i was like why don't i just have you know an actual forum with a web address and and you know we had i i would say at its best we probably had 15 very active people um that were there and we did con well not contests but we did the the pay-per-view prediction thing and it was pretty active for a good, I don't know, three or four years, yeah. uh, probably till the end, like '08 ish. It was very, um, very active. And then I dropped off the face of the earth. 
uh, Omega got tired of it. It sounds uh, familiar somehow. I was going to say, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. we've been here before. Are we noticing a pattern here? Are know. we noticing a pattern? Listen, at least we stayed to script. Like wrestling itself, it goes in cycles. It does. It does. It is very, uh, you know, you can't explain it. You know, tide yeah. goes in, tide goes out. But uh, that's a that's a blast from the past, that one. Yeah. But uh <laughs> But a tide goes in. People are like, what the hell is he talking about? What is he talking about? <laughs> tide goes in, tide goes what out. What the fuck do you mean? So anyway, when it came time, we told the story of Tony Lane too many times. Yeah, I don't uh, care about frankly. that. Uh, it's no longer so, my uh, Moby Dick. Thank God. But uh, it was for so long, Dan. But uh, so. Too long. We started getting interviews with people. Joe Zanoli, uh, the, the Super 8. We Papa had, Don. Yeah, Papadon, Keikoa, uh, uh, yeah, Fusion DS, LJ Cruz. Oh, we, we, and let's not f- forget Joel Goodhart. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but we had like a lot of these interviews coming, and I felt that we needed our own show for that. And podcasting was hot, but not as hot as uh, like now. Everybody has a podcast, but yeah, yeah. No, no, I was saying the rise. It was starting to rise a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, before, shows Tab, this is before Tab is Smalley, Dan, if you uh, remember that name from Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. every week. That son of a bitch. Why does he get so much marketing? Who is Tavis? God damn it. Anyway. Yes, but um, so we, we, we started, and it took off, and I never... I, I never thought it would be as popular. You, you've seen the numbers from Blog Talk Radio. When we were first going and we had, even when we didn't have interviews, which was rare at the beginning. Oh, there would the be some weeks was... where we didn't have interviews, but it was nine times out of 10. And this is when, even when Chris joined, we were meeting three or four days a week because we had so many interviews scheduled. We would record them and put them out in one episode. Um, we were doing. Yeah, we would do that. We would do pre rolls. We called them. Yeah, pre-rolls. we do a lot of pre rolls. We were so fancy. Yeah, we were fancy. Yeah, yeah, Remember pre rolls. We like to do pre roll. Tully Blanchard was a pre roll. We recorded yeah. that and put it out. That was the yeah. first show I ever heard. Oh really? Yeah, yeah that was Blanchard. Craig's. Yeah, it was yeah. Craig's first interview because I said because Craig and I have been friends for a while and I said Craig, I got Tully. I don't know how, but I fucking got Tully, and he threw me a lot of the questions I asked about his early days in life and in wrestling. That was from Craig, because. As much as Dean and Chris and I third on the list is knowledgeable about wrestling, Craig pulls this shit out of his ass that I don't even remember. And I'll look it up. And go, Fuck it. I don't. How do you know that? I don't understand yeah, but, how you know that. You're a prof- There's a reason why you're the. Pro- I call you the professor, uh, Craig Legon. <laughs> but um, we were getting like uh, ten thousand. The peak, the peak was, the peak was uh, ten thousand. No, no, the peak was uh, thirty-five, and that was really, John Phil- yeah. John Philip Havage, uh, the director of uh, Barbed Wire City, when we had him on, that was that was a most listened to show, and I don't know if it was because of Barbed Wire City, and I or I don't know if it was because of Monsieur Ulala. I personally think <laughs> it was, it was Ulala. Ulala. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it was well strictly Mishir Ulala listening to himself over and over again, uh, getting those downloads for us. But uh, my God, uh, that was the peak, and right around that peak, uh, the Austin show on Podcast One started. Yeah, 
And then after that, it was talk is Jericho. And then after that, and, and now, I mean, Brian one, podcast came in around the same time as well. Yeah. And before you know it, the, the, Connor started grabbing every wrestling star there was, and everybody has a podcast. And it, it became a thing. And I think strategically, we even changed around this time to where we started throwing out Walking Dead. Yeah, we started throwing out uh, Stadium Journey started around this time. Um, we threw out. Uh, we were even talking about Twin Peaks. For, yeah, we did a Twin for, Peaks one. <laughs> you, I was see. This while. is where we we had an argument for a while because I was like, because we were doing so much. I just made an assumption that Dean wouldn't want another show because this is when Dean was doing all the production and I was still learning how to edit. And and do oh, all God, the editing. Yeah, yeah, I forgot so about that. So I was that, like, yeah. I'm gonna do my own podcast, and I get a message going, "Fuck you doing, dude?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Because why aren't you putting that fucking podcast on our network?" I'm like, "I didn't want to give you more work, bro. Uh, fine, it's on the network." And so so we started the Kelly and I started the hockey podcast, which we did for eight years. You know, yeah. before before like you guys, she is where with hockey where you guys are with wrestling and MMA. Hockey became there became so much drama that we're not going to talk about on this episode, H. Well, we might. Because <laughs> all I can remember is Dean throwing money on the ground, and I thought that was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, no, you know what? Looking back, it wasn't my finest moment, but I, I, I get eh, why it looks cool. It, it I get why deserved. it looks fucking eh, cool. but It was kind of deserved, and that person deserves all the bad karma he gets. That's just me. Um, but there's so much BS happening in the NHL. Kelly's like, I don't care anymore. I love you, Dan. I, I don't want to do the show anymore. So that ran its course as well. But I mean, at, at its peak, and this is, I, I throw Walking Dead in there. Now, granted, we recorded Which was a lot that. of fun to do at first. We had a lot of fun doing it. We did a lot of things when it was hot and when it made sense. Um, I don't want to say we were, I don't, not really a trend center, but we were like on the train of trend centers. In a way, because there were people that from day one, they were like, we're going to talk about Walking Dead and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have podcasts and and there, there's great podcasts out there um, that started from day one and they're still going strong and God bless them. And I listened to them and it's awesome. Uh, we picked up like I think in the well, I think no, we did our first one, I think, was the second season finale. And yep. we did that with uh, the Dream Warriors. No, no. The Dream. Uh, the warriors That's but uh focus. remember okay. they were very worried about uh dreaming i'm very worried about it but they they couldn't say worry so it came out never mind i'm not making sense right now i'm sorry wait, wait. craig Good. what was it craig <laughs> i when you said dream warriors that that song from crocus from the nightmare on elm street Part three. Dream That's Warriors. where they got the dream. Warriors. It wasn't Crocus. It wasn't Crocus. That was uh Dokken. Dokken. So I know there was Dokken. a there. I know yeah, it was a different it was a different band that only three people care about. But that that they had a podcast and it was a horror podcast and that was our Oh, first. it was uh, uh it Dead. was um Magoo. Magoo. Magoo and um uh, Butters. Butters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our buddy Butters, Alex. Yeah, but uh I still you know he forgot. Yeah, but he forgot about that butters, like that we used to call him butters. 
I said it randomly like a week ago to him and he's like, Oh my God, I forgot about that. Like, no, you didn't forget about it. You just regressed it. You just regressed, you just repressed it because we were kind of being dicks. <laughs> we, we really were. He, but he was butters. He was, he the was butters butter. of Comcast. He was, he was absolutely butters. So it's anyway, like that one guy was the death star. He was butters. But we were doing a lot of things that were hot at the time. The walking dead was hot at the time when we started doing it weekly. And at its peak, and if you throw Harry with um, uh, that guy from Memphis in... Um, it rhymes with Folin. Yeah, the bowling alley. That's it. That's yeah, it. Count, if, if, if you count the bowling alley and if you count uh, Robert Knight had uh, the, the, the Hoff podcast... Hoff talk, if you, yeah. If you count all that, the network at a certain point was putting out about 12 hours of original uh, original entertainment in air quotations a week, uh, which was staggering when you think about it. Most podcasts are about two, three hours. Um, we were putting out 12 hours of original entertainment. And that meant our Wednesday nights or Tuesdays, whenever, because we changed around a few times, we're usually marathons yeah. and we did a lot of hard work. I mean, I know I, I, Hours, I know Chris, I, I, for all of us, I, I, Chris, you can speak to it. I mean, we would come on, I think at eight o'clock and we're wrapping up at like 1130, 1145 yeah. midnight. I mean, it was a lot of work that we went into. Well, we do, do, do what? 90 minutes of wrestling. We do. Another hour of minutes, MMA. Eight, another 90 minutes to an hour of, of, of MMA and then another hour on Walking Dead. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a night of work. Uh, it it really was. And, and it became work. And I think that's where yeah. the enjoyment for you and I perhaps went. But yeah. I, I, hold, on. I, hold on, Dean. Uh, before you continue, uh, Harry says, <laughs> um, <laughs> My other favorite HIC moment was when me and Dean and Higante tried to teach Roughneck how to count to 10. Uh, Fair but enough. he also said that my favorite HIC moment is when I buried the DJ Hyde interview on Twitter and then Dean put me on to speak about the whole thing and my my love of Deathmatch. Indeed. DJ, man. But yeah. The whole idea. Listen, everybody was afraid of him because he would just throw you out a window. But then I was realized my car's heavier than DJ. He couldn't catch up to me. Uh, was my theory. Um, <laughs> DJ Hyde is a large, fat man, and my theory was if you can't catch me, I'm not afraid of you. It's like a bear, and but bears probably could catch me. Bears run very fast. Not the point. Not the point. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, Dan. <laughs> no, no. No, no, that's why I keep going. I'm oh, gonna go. oh, but what I was going to say, the original idea behind HIC, <laughs> and I've always said this, it was to give a voice, uh, a drama-free voice to the independent wrestlers. And that lasted for about two weeks uh, before we had our first case of drama. Um, oh, my God. Fuck you, you know, <laughs> I no, the, the the original idea of HIC was. Is that when we argued about the chocolate milk? Was that two weeks later? No, no, that was actually that was during our downtime. Uh, <laughs> we we didn't see. Listen, this, our but, downtime was like a week, and then I messaged you because I love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Rosenberg's is the best, and now I can't even get the damn thing, so it didn't matter. 
Yeah, serves you right, Dan. Karma. Karma works <laughs> in mysterious Son of ways. A bitch. No, um, that drama. What was that first? Well, that wait, first. Uh, well, well, go we'll, ahead. Go we'll, ahead. Go we'll, ahead. We'll get, get to that. The original. I want to hear. I want to hear Omega Squad say Dan at least once tonight. <laughs> yeah. But the original idea was to give a voice uh, to independent wrestling, which at the time there weren't in our. In this area, in the Philadelphia region, there was not a podcast that was dedicated to getting people on. I can think of at least two podcasts that started directly because of us. Uh, They started out as fans and now they're podcasters. Um, Two off the top of my head, directly because of us. Um, So we kind of created our own competition, but at the time in 2012, there was not a podcast in the Philadelphia region that would get independent guys on. And it started with ECWA. We got all those guys on. We had, I I mean, essentially we were pushing along their storylines for months. We, we, we pushed along their storylines. New moon was another. Um, that we, we actually became involved with, uh, both of us in varying degrees. And no, that never idea. happened, Dean. Remember. And then CZW, <laughs> but it, it was just an offshoot. And as the name got out there more, started working with CZW, started getting DJ Hyde on, started. I mean, we're we have them on the day before. I'm what, like three days before. Uh, Cage of Death. We had Tremont yep. and Hyde on to yep. continue their angle. Um, we had Rory on too. Oh yeah, plenty of times. Yeah. We had we had Little Mondo on. I, I mean, the, the actual Mondo. Uh, yeah, we had. Yeah, the actual Mondo. That's where the moniker of the other guy started. I'm no longer the above average comedian. I'm the other guy because at the end of the interview, he goes, <laughs> Chris, who asked one question, Dan, who asked ten, and Dean, who asked about twenty. He goes. Yes, and I just want to say thanks to Dean and Chris and the other guy. <laughs> he wasn't then, even hiding it. Yeah. No, he didn't. He uh, it, listen. I it's funny. It, that's fucking funny to me. Cut to and the reason why it's even funnier is Dean is I don't know if you know this. I think I texted you because I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, God damn it! I did all that work, you bastards. Was when we interviewed um, number six with Cheese, which is a pretty big YouTube channel that reviews food from the Midwest area and they go all over the country on stadium journey. And they tweeted the next day. They thanked Dave oh, yeah, yeah. and Paul and Mark and not the fat guy who talked about the fucking food the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> I edited the show. Come on. So now Come it's on. just the other guy. <laughs> it makes sense though. Um, no, it doesn't. That's you've you've been the glue, Dan, and and without you, quite frankly, I mean, this would not still be a thing. We would not be talking right now. Um, so you have been the glue, whether you have realized it or this is your George Bailey moment, Dan, where you realize I am Clarence. I am showing you that it is a wonderful life. Every man he doesn't realize that when he- Merry Christmas, feeling friend. <laughs> but. Without you, none of this. Um, and, and getting back to the original thing, I mean, you were on Tony. We were both there. I was there very imp- infrequently. Uh, best ratings were when I was on. Uh, but you certainly were. In my mind, they were. But uh, anyway, I, I, I was like, you know, I pulled you in and 
you, you were the guy, you know, and I wanted Mark, who is even more infrequent than I tagged him. I tagged the son of a bitch. I love you, Mark. <laughs> I love Mark dearly. I will always consider Mark a friend. But you know I what? tagged him and he never replied. So I just untagged him. I was like, never mind. But here's the thing, like w- without Mark being as as fucking weird as he is, quite frankly, like Chris's role would have never. Like, if you remember, Chris in the very beginning, Omega in the very beginning, it was 10 minutes. And we were yeah, just like, hey, yeah. yeah, it was just like, hey, what happened in MMA? Uh, you know, and it was over and it was done. But that grew into its own podcast at, at, at the time. So if Mark didn't get all goofy, then we would have never had Chris's role grow to what it was. Or maybe Chris's role would have grown with MMA's popularity growing too. But who knows? I mean, Mark was a personality in his own right, a legitimate radio personality. And he, he could, yes, he could, but a legitimate radio personality that, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like the Phillies lineup. It just never clicked all the way that I thought it would. Um, uh, he had, had, had other interests, man. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was clicking. He was just like, eh, I'd rather do that. And uh, then he Harry, did. And he, Harry and he, said, I want to thank Brady for making me mad so I could go to HIC and be great. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hang the on. great Harry Barnett was, uh, you know, Harry. a creation of HIC. No, I'm not saying a creation. That's no, it's absolutely a creation. I'll take full credit. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, I want to do this. There's two more things I want to do other than we're going to riff a little more. But before you guys go, I want to run this by you. I'm not going anywhere, Dan. I'm I'm here permanently on Twitch. Yes, good. My plan worked. (laughs) Permanently. Um, I would want to know if you guys want to stick around. To end the show, we're going to do a wrestling historian segment with Craig. Um, Because every week he picks three or four things that happened in the history of wrestling. And I want a little bit of different input, not so much me talking, so I hope you'll stay on for that. But before that, before that, I'm going to start with Chris since the cat has his tongue. Your favorite moment. Sorry, sorry. Word association. (laughs) Diligence. (laughs) Diligence. Listen, Chris Chris continues. He totally went Tully. Chris, I'm not... We're not making fun of you in that way, but one of the greatest things is when Tully went from interviewer to Tully Blanchard. When he just said dead ass in the Tully voice, Craig, I know you heard it live, but it's one of the funniest switch turned on and switch switch turned right off. Well, if you haven't seen that match between me and Magnum TA at Starcade, then you haven't done your due diligence. And there was just a second of silence where we, both, we all went, and Dean was like, Ooh, okay, Tully, so uh, <laughs> the second greatest thing about that was, the second greatest thing about Tully was, well, there's three. There's D- Justin to this day who will say, and Tully Blanchard, who was booked by Dean Dixon, which still makes me laugh to this day. And so- absolutely not the truth. That was all Dan. <laughs> I will give credit to Dan till the end of time. I got Dan Severn. I will say Dan. Yeah, Severn you got Dan Severn, which which actually had my second favorite moment where we all thought we were going to die through the osmosis. Oh Jesus, that is a good we're, moment. But yeah, uh, we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. I'm sure that'll get on our list here. But the other great moment from Tully was is hold on guys, and he puts the phone on top of the car, puts the gas, 
he he gets gas. He puts gas in the gas, you know, in the gas thing and starts running it. Picks the phone back up. So anyway, and he finishes it. Okay, hold yeah. on. Puts the phone back down. Pulls the thing out. Plops it back in. Gets back in his car and rolls right on with the fucking interview because he's totally goddamn Blanchard. I that's the greatest thing to me. I've heard I, people that have they thought that was disrespectful or something, and I'm like, what? wait. It's he's totally Blanchard. Free time. I don't give a shit if he's. It's it's totally Blanchard, and he he gave us an hour and a half. Uh, Nobody they, gives us an hour and a half. Indie wrestlers don't give us an hour and a half. And Tully was like driving home, talking about his life and career and his alcoholism. And like, you know his Lord and really, Savior Jesus Christ. And his Lord and Savior. Hey, if if somebody's got to find his. a way, they find a way. His. He not did. mine. Yeah. He's his. Yeah, his. Yeah, um, definitely his. But. Uh, the, the other moment, again, this is pre-Craig, was when we had Dan Severn on, and we had, the first interview was great. One of the better. One of the better with one of the better someone. That, yeah. that was my favorite interview, was, was the original Dan Severn. The first one, yes, which I have. <laughs> I still have. The first one's really good. The first one's exceptional. The second one... Second one I don't very remember awkward. so much because I was listening because I would always I'll give talk you about another, all the time we spent yeah with, with all the time we spent I would join do the wrestling but I would sit because I figured I'm part of a team I'm not going to bounce out I'm going to sit here and listen to what's going on with these guys and add if and, and occasionally I would add a comment or two but I have never felt <laughs> Craig I wish you were on the show that day. I've never felt like I was going to die through a computer before. And I wasn't even the one talking. Chris, do you remember what happened? I know Dean was. I remember the exact question. I, I, <laughs> I know exactly what Chris asked and I know what set him off. But do you remember Chris? I, I forget. I forget what exactly I asked, but <laughs> you, <laughs> of course it was you, you, you bastard. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was Chris. Like I apparently just set people off, I guess. I don't know. It's whatever. You asked him about the shamrock fight. Um, and this is the infamous uh, boring uh, shamrock, the boring shamrock fight. fight. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now I remember. You I remember. you asked him specifically about that. You asked him about, you know, did you feel handcuffed by uh, – because that was the one where the, the commission was like, you can't do chokeholds, you can't do this, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. And Severin, he did the uncomfortable uh, silence for about eight seconds. After after he gets this question, oh, uncomfortable. I'm going to tear these fucking people apart. So he goes, if I was allowed to do what I wanted to do with my bare hands at night to uh, the Ken Shamrock, and I I think that's how it started. And more uncomfortable silence, like another eight seconds of him just pondering, like this murderous thought that was just like going around in his mind. People wouldn't describe, and he was in a sour mood. From that was question that day, yeah, like even like the, the normal talking we were doing, like it was like we was like okay, second second interview, we're gonna have another talk because we had a great talk the first time, yeah, and yeah. he just wasn't into it this time. It was like a complete one eighty from the first like a yeah. month prior. He was a low so, sugar or something, I don't know. So he was in a sour mood. We at the time we were getting uh, John from Connecticut on, uh, yeah. and I said John. Don't sing to him. If you have a question, just ask a question. And it turned the whole interview around. There was only about <laughs> 10, 15 minutes left of the interview. But 
we got John from Connecticut on and uh, Rhode Island. I'm sorry. John from Rhode Island got on and he, he said, what was your relationship with Owen Hart like? And that turned the whole thing around. And he, he, he thought about it and he was like, you know, I never get asked this question. And he went on to this like five minute, like wonderful how Owen was a great guy, how he was a family man, some behind the scenes stuff mixed in. And from then on, we could ask him anything. You could have asked him the Ken Shamrock question again, and he would have been jovial about it. But it was just uh, that what saved that interview was uh, John from John, who still listens. He still comments. He doesn't listen to every wrestling episode, but he still listens. But he never misses Nerd Herd. Never miss. He, He's still there, baby. See, and that's another thing. Like, Nerd Herders and, like, all the things that have grown out of HIAC. I mean, it's it's really kind of cool how all well, these things. Bringing back Nerd Herders uh, was just a fluke of an idea for me. Because Craig, Craig and Rockstar Rob do... And they're finally back, and they just have a great. And if you haven't been to MMR.com, they have their episode, uh, their first episode back since the pandemic started, recorded from the, I forget what it's called now. It used to be Philadelphia. What is it, Craig? Pump the episode. It was Wizard World, but now it's called Fan Expo. And we did our first podcast live, our first one in two years. And Nerd Herders was born because I had reestablished. I never really lost track of Damian Dragon and Foxy, but we were becoming closer again. And I, maybe it's because of the pandemic, I, whatever. But as a fluke, I said, let me ask Craig. And if Craig's into this, I want to cr- create it like a crossbreed of. It was originally I wanted to bring Rockstar Rob in too, but I don't think he's cool with that. But Rockstar Rob and I had an argument about Phil Collins the first time I talked to him. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> It wasn't a serious one. Like, I'm not seriously yeah. angry, but I think I actually pissed him off. So I'm like, hey, let's just stay out of that. Um, but I said, if I could recreate, if I get Craig on, we can kind of keep Craig going with his comic book stuff until MMR lets him back into the building because they're real strict with good reason with who they're letting in right now. They're starting to open up a little bit more, but Chris Jericho was there and we know where his wife was on January 6th. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Dean, do you get the reference? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I got the reference. Okay, there. I'm just making sure. But uh, by the way, I just want to update you. The Phillies are winning one nothing in the top of the second. Of course, um, I'm not watching. Yeah. <laughs> don't watch. They, and but they I, just had two men on with one out and nothing happened. So go ahead. Well, never mind then. <laughs> but I, I asked them, yes, we'll do it. We'll bring back Nerd Herders. I asked Craig, hey, do you want to do this to fill in the time? And Nerd Herders Rebooted was born, which uh, was something else. Because, all kidding aside, everybody's priorities change. Sure, uh, sure. I don't watch wrestling every day. And my priorities change. And they've changed again, where I've had to adjust. The, I have a job where I work. I love, I have never been this happy in my life. Job-wise. And Dean knows, because he's worked with me at Comcast. Um, yeah. I still tell the joke, yes, ma'am. Now take the modem and tape it against your head. <laughs> and jump out the window. <laughs> Another one for Comcast. Um, but one more for the good guys. One more for the good guys. 
But that created another fun. I've had to adjust the schedule again because priorities change. I love my job. I've never been happier at a job before, but it's 10-hour days. So I've had to kind of readjust how we do this. So I have one night where we do podcasts now, and it's kind of reinvigorated my fun of doing the shows again and editing them because I have so much fun doing it. If Craig wasn't here, I would have, and Dean knows because I've talked to him about it, I would have quit about a year and a half ago, yeah. a year. Yeah. And Dean will be the first one. I'll say, Dean, I'm fucking tired of this. I can't. It's gotten. It's never to do with personality because Craig and I are brothers, and we've argued. And and the next comments like, okay, what's next, Craig? And move on. But drama, like Craig, I mean, Dean, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And Dean will be like, Are you sure? And then 24 hours later, I'll get it. No, Dean, I'm fine. <laughs> You'll get the message yeah. that I'm fine. But because Dean knows. But well, I, I, I would like to think. Again. I I would like to think if it ever did end, like the HIC banner that. Uh, I would have an opportunity not to let it die uh, in some fashion. You know, I, I wouldn't want, I mean, I, I, I fake my way through a, a good year of NXT programming. I could fake my way through uh, WrestleMania season. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, and HIC has changed so much from the original, you know, we, we, we used to book two interviews a show uh, to uh, then it was one MMA uh, interview to uh, it's changed and it's changed with the times and with priorities like you were saying so um, did did Chris ever say what his favorite moment was I I think we were starting that and then yeah we got I mean, on we, to, we, we you totally were very happy track. I mean Chris your uh, yeah. your favorite moment sir well I think I did I did say kind of like you know my favorite kind of moment was the first dance ever interview because I thought that was oh you first. did yes. Yeah, the was one of the more entertaining MMA interviews we did, and you know, I think uh, on the whole, and I, I, I think on the whole, the MMA, especially after we got so um, into drama and different types of things, the MMA were so refreshing because it was people talking about real life. And like talking about training and their inspirations and things like yeah. that, it, they, they they were a lot more refreshing, I thought. Um, and we talked to different people like Bonatello. We talked to uh, we were really friendly with uh, that up and comer that kind of Jeremy remember, he fought he fought Cejudo. Um, Jeremy uh, Ryan, no Ryan 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 Hollis. Uh, Hollis, Hollis, yeah, yes. Hollis. Yes. Yeah, we had him on like three or four times. He was a great kid. Um, but I always found them a lot more refreshing because if you juxtapose, you know, an MMA interview with Ophidian Cobra, for example, um, I love Ophidian, but the guy was so far into kayfabe, you couldn't get anything yeah. out. Right. Um, so it, it just became a better, a better thing for us. And I think for, I think for a good six months, we I was just booking like MMA guys, like guys on the regional scene, guys that were uh, fighting on access TV. I was like, like, if you think about it, Mick Maynard, we got on, who's now we, the matchmaker. Yeah, that, and that was real fun to get talked to Mick Maynard. And of course, then Mick Maynard went to the UFC and things like that. You know, we, Mick Maynard was a really good conversation as well. Yeah, we um, we had him on a couple of times, twice, I think. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, it, 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 the, the, I think I think it was that was the interesting thing. We, we we tried to apply the independent 
wrestling thing to MMA, right? You know, you have the in a way, yeah. You know, in a way, these are guys that probably aren't getting interviews, right? These are these are not guys who are talking to MMA media, yeah. Generally speaking, and we gotta talk to them. Now, I don't know if we got anybody that really ever made it huge, but you know, uh, um, Steven Peterson, kind of. Steven Peterson, kind of. Re- remember how excited we were with Bubba Bush because we got him like he he fought in uh, Legacy and then yeah. he got signed like in that week and we had him that like we were so excited we're like we got fucking Bubba Bush motherfucker we are yeah. gonna and then he complete I think he fought once in the UFC but yeah. <laughs> we, we were so Something excited like for Bubba Bush um, the guy that fought uh, CM Punk that horrible fight the CM, the, uh, CM Punk second fight we we I could have gotten him because he was the photographer at the right. uh, legacy yeah, shows. Yeah. That's what yeah. Mike Jackson did. He he was the photo- I could have had that guy on, but uh, yeah, I, I I thought that was a breath of fresh air after a while of you know two years of hearing these kayfabe feuds, and you know I'm going to throw you off the top of Cage of Death to you know I. I I was a dancer growing up, and that helped me uh, become a better MMA fighter. I thought stuff like that was uh, very interesting. Like, and and some of the interviews that we did outside of wrestling, uh, the JFK special, uh, Dan. I know you enjoyed. Um, we had that one self help episode for God's sakes, uh, the fifteen oh, steps. Right, which was really good. I thought. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah, uh, David DeCook, who we've had on several times, who keeps in touch with me, which He's is the craziest thing. Dude. In no world should David DeCook be talking to a <laughs> schmuck like me. And every now and then, I'll have something intelligent spurt out, and he'll add to it. And I'm like, I'll have a stroke going. I don't how that happened. I don't. It's crazy how much we're actually we on. Uh, the stuff we agree, and that also that episode was the birth of flaming fire. It was uh, the very first uh, time flaming fire was. Gentlemen, fire, bef- Dan. Yeah, flaming fire. Yeah, flaming fire. Oh, and then as I'm explaining, I'm like, I meant flaming. Fire. Uh, Mr. Lagans, sure. before you take over the show, I know <laughs> you were kind of you scratching the surface earlier. Your favorite more moment, be that whether it be on the show or because of the show. Since joining HISC Talk Radio? Oh, so many. Um, my favorite moments was um, all of us meeting for the first time at the um, NXT event. Because um, we had only talked through this medium. But seeing you guys for the first time was great. Um, at Saturday and meeting um, your friend Jenny, Dan, was a big, big moment for me. And I got to make a new friend that I still have to this day. And if you're listening, Jenny, thank you uh, for your continued friendship. And it was a pleasure to meet you that, um, that night it was a great night. And then the following, I think that following day, you guys all came over to my, I'd only been in my place for uh, three weeks and four days. I was so going to say you just moved in. Yeah. I just moved in and having all you guys over to watch the Royal Rumble that took place right here in Philadelphia. Um, was uh, absolutely great. Um, Chris kept on knocking over my CDs, and uh, <laughs> Dean went outside. Dean was the first person to jump on to. Um, Dean, Dean was the first guy on my deck that ever hopped on my deck, 
and uh, stayed on my deck for a long period of time. And I didn't mind it being on my deck because that's what <laughs> my big deck is for. for beyond the deck, I never, yeah. I never get tired of that fucking pit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the truth. But that was my first time I had to, I actually, I have a big deck and it was the first time it was being used. So again, you guys were my. We, uh, and you know what? We all fit on your deck, your big deck at the same time. Yes. Which is how I knew that going forward, I'm going to tell people that I have a big deck as often as I possibly could. It and was one of the largest that I've ever personally been on. Thank uh, you. Quite frankly. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. And um, and later on, Jenny got to see it. But anyway, um, oh. we're going to see it that night because she wasn't there is my point. Um. But uh, yeah, but meeting you guys was a was a uh, a great moment having to share that moment, and that was the last time I saw all you guys was at my place. Um, yeah, that's kind of odd. We haven't gotten back together, unfortunately. Dean, have you have you moved yet? No. Okay. Well, maybe maybe that opportunity will come again. Uh, sans mask. Yeah. The only other thing was my favorite part was you you began um, with the the story because thanks to this show and thanks to my connection with with you guys I got to uh, call a wrestling match for the first time in my life and it was that that very first time ever calling a wrestling match I got to see this is the first time I'd ever been at a wrestling match before it actually happened and being a, mm. a lifelong fan I never saw any of this take place. Uh, the wrestlers arriving ahead of time, setting up the ring, helping set up the ring um, before fans even get got there, and seeing all everyone go over their their finishes and the list of you know what songs they wanted played, and the wrestlers hanging out with each other, either going over things or going over spots, and meeting all these people for the first time. So I didn't know anyone. I just knew that, and I was given a list of these. These are the people or whose matches you're gonna you're gonna be calling. So I'm getting to know them as I'm getting to know you know what I'm doing. And I saw these two guys. I I recall Tank Tolan. He was the only one that I that I knew from mainstream wrestling for when I watched wrestling. And you just know the name Tank Tolan. Um, and he's over there with um, with yeah the American Roughneck, which was written on my um, my sticky pad. And um, they're talking, and um, Roughneck turns his back on Tank, and he kind of leans his head forward, and then Tank just blasts him in the back with a chair. I think like, okay, they're going over a spot later on in the in the match. I don't see them on the card together anywhere, but. Maybe this is an angle, an angle I'm not privy to. Okay, so how it happens is they're talking. I can't hear them talk because I'm leaning against the announcer's desk trying to figure out what mic I'm going to be speaking on and, you know, how we're going to sound. I just met Brady that night, too, first time ever meeting him. I'm meeting Sorry everyone for the first time. And um, I see the conversation and Roughneck shaking his head and then turns his back and then Hank <laughs> blasts him with a chair. It's like, okay. Okay, this is what this is what happens before I'm getting a peek behind the curtain. This is this is great. And then Roughneck is talking, and then he turns his back again, and then Tank hits him again. This time a little he hit him twice. Yeah, yes. I, oh that, yeah, yeah. You didn't know that. Told you that story. Yeah. So the first time he hit him, I think okay, well they're just going over something. 
But then Tank starts, you know, sh- you know, I mean, um, shaking his head, and the roughneck is talking to, and they turn his back again, and Tank hits him a second time, again a little higher, uh, not so much on the bag. He caught a little neck there. Roughneck immediately holds his hand up to his neck. It's like, oh, just caught him a little bit, a little little stinger. But then he pulls his hand back, and it looks like it was dipped in red paint because you can't even see the palm of his hand because it's completely covered in blood. And then the words, uh-oh, or more importantly, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me go get Dan. And then by then, he, he goes to get you, still holding his hand, trying to keep his neck together. And by this time, the other wrestlers are trickling out. What happened? And then they're trying to piece together this whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute. That's not supposed to, to happen. And <laughs> so now Roughneck's got to go to a hospital and he's got to get someone to drive him. And then everyone runs at Dan and then everyone whispered down the lane, what happened? Well, Tank hit, well, well I heard they got it. Well, then Tank hit, hit Roughneck and what? What is Roughneck? Where's Roughneck going? Is he, ble- is he okay? Is he going? What happened? What happened? What happened? The entire time while this is happening, while the Keystone Cops Chinese fire drill, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina <laughs> going running around, Tank Tolan has not let go of the chair. He's been holding the chair the entire time. <sighs> That's what stood out to me. Because everyone's running around and Tank's just standing there with the chair. He's so holding the evidence for later when the cops come. So I never knew what what, what exactly was said. I, of course, I put it together in my comedian's mind. It's like, why don't they just blast me in the back with a chair? Like, I, I believe, yeah. I believe Harry, uh, the great Harry Barnett, yeah. had a lot sure. to do with this. Yes. Uh, talked uh, Tank into hitting uh, as part of like Harry's feud with uh, the Roughneck, uh, uh, Tank was going to take him out for the final time, and um, it was all haha uh, jokes until the second shot was. Until he missed the second high. shot. First yeah. shot wasn't good enough. <laughs> but he was bleeding from the fat roll, you know that. Yeah, chunk, yeah. It looked like that chunky right fat roll he had. It yeah. was it was so disgusting. The yeah, fat roll. Look, go ahead, Craig. No, well, he's got a roll of of hot dogs. Dead. Yeah, yeah, the roll yeah. of hot dogs. Exactly. It's and the it, ballpark Francis on the back of his head. That yeah. was meeting one of the out. first. Yeah, first time meeting Harry too. So I'm meeting everyone for the first time. So I've no. I'm thinking this is part of the this show. Is, this is Craig's association with everybody. Yeah. This is Batman. You, no you because you brought me into this world, Dan. Oh, it's my fault now. I did. I was <laughs> like, you, I, you I was like, yeah, it's your fault, Dan. Because, because, because my idea was, you said it. This is happening in the city. Abamar, uh, Craig Lagans is literally born, raised, and lives in the city. He has an associate with Abamar. I could get more le- eyes on this. If I get Craig involved and Craig knows what he's thought, the dude could commentate a wrestling match. Dean, I'm convinced that Dean and Craig would be the greatest play-by-play commentating team on indie wrestling. And I never got to see that happening. Uh, I'm just letting the cat out of the bag. That was my idea. Uh, Cause even Dean playing a heel play-by-play guy, Craig could feed off that. Cause Dean was a heel with Justin. Um, oh, those videos were so good. I miss those days um, before the world went to shit. 
But yeah, so my idea is to get Craig involved. You get eyes on it. We could later maybe get a something going with MMR if it does anything or goes anywhere. This is when I still had a twinkle in my eye for wrestling, and the twinkle <laughs> went out. The twinkle went out when I looked at the line of 15, 22 wrestlers. Can't give me music. <laughs> that's it. Uh, my, those are my favorite moments from, uh, like I said, at the very outset of this program, you, Dan, introduced me to a whole bunch of uh, friends that I still have, a whole bunch of um, incredible, great people. Um, you, you brought me in as part of this thing it the two things that i love the best wrestling and comic books and you introduced me to a whole bunch of like-minded individuals that will be in my part of my circle for the rest of my life and so i'm always going to be indebted to you so anytime you ask me if uh, there's any endeavor that i'd like to partake in of course i'm i'm going to say yes because you've never steered me wrong every single person you've ever introduced me to has been cool has been great every single in uh endeavor or in something that you want to be a part of you asked me to be it's been amazingly fun um so like you're you're you have the the golden touch when it comes to things that make my life great and make my life happy and fun you've given all that to me you've given me these two assholes that i never would have met if, <laughs> if it weren't for you uh but no again like-minded people the people that love the same stuff that i do and uh, they're great people. And yeah, even the ones I haven't slept with, I still love, you know. Um, it's an amazing deck. It really is. <laughs> it's a really good deck. deck. Listen, it's a really good deck, and it goes all can the I, way from the front to the back. Can I piggyback off of him? I, 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 on I his think deck? Thing... You want to piggyback on his deck? Plenty <laughs> room. Plenty of room on that deck. It smells but... like uh, uh, the restaurant below. It's a great deck, and it smells great, too. Yeah, the taco restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Mm. tacos and decks. I'll but, sit on uh, that deck all day. Anyway, go ahead. But, uh, one thing that uh, stuck out from what Craig was saying was, I, I I think we kind of lost that innocence of of being a fan because we all in some way became involved in in various forms. You know, whether we were higher up or lower down or we all became involved in wrestling in certain degrees. And we kind of lost that innocence in a way of what it was like to be there before a show. Like I, I'm listening to Craig and I'm like, yeah, I remember the first time that I was it, it was the Super 8. It, it was the 2012 Super 8. And when I walked in now, of course, I'm not an idiot. I didn't think Aaron Ganey. Uh, was the savage from Nigeria? No. Um, God rest his soul. I miss Aaron. Aaron, one of the best people I I met in 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 the business. Uh, but I, I one of the, if you have if you have a chance, look up his uh, shoot interview. Um, it, it's on YouTube. It's me and him uh, for two hours, uh, probably three hours actually. It's amazing. I love it. It's one of the best uh, shoot interviews I did. Uh, because I cared for the guy and I wanted him to tell his story. But I walk in uh, to the 2012 Super 8. Uh, I was invited by Joe Zanoli to, to come early. And I walk in and I had that childlike wonder in a way that Craig was describing like this. And I'm taking it all in and I'm like, the ring's not even set up yet. Oh, my God. 
Mm-hmm. The ring's not set up. That's crazy. They haven't set it up yet. And I'm walking in, and the first guy who says anything to me, not Papadon, not Keiko, not any of the guys that we interviewed, it was Aaron Ganey. And he says, what up, my man, Dean Dixon? And I'm like, how Like, how does he know? Like, I guess our name was getting around circles or something. And he told me later on, that's exactly like people were listening to us in the business. And I don't want to say it. And if we found out later, people were talking about about us in the locker room all the time. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) But um, like it it, it was it it was this crazy. Like, how does he know me? Like, I don't even know his real name. His name is uh, Mafu to me. I don't know. He's not Aaron to me yet, you know, and I walk over and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, he's like, why you look like a deer in the headlights, boy. He's like, I'm like, what, what is like, I didn't understand it, but I was being accepted. Um, as someone who could keep this secret, like this mighty secret. And, um, I, I, I think we took it for granted as time went on of that, uh, brotherhood and all those types of things yeah but i mean we did but uh, i mean in a lot of ways i mean especially me uh, uh monetarily i was <laughs> monetarily i feel uh slighted you on, were on, you were also so many occasions granted yes i i think it was I, I think it was both ways and i'm not talking about anybody i did commentary for um, but well, there's significant <laughs> money that was left on the table. Um, hey, you got that PlayStation, though, brother. I did. I did get a PlayStation 3 out of this deal. In 2000? <laughs> yeah, in 2000, the- whatever the fuck. 2015, <laughs> I got a PlayStation, PlayStation 3. I got a PlayStation 2. I, I really, I really uh, got that deal. But we did lose sight of that wonder. and. I think for a time, and I think Chris will agree with this, I think for a time we got too caught up in all the drama that was going around because I know you and I would talk about it, Dan, and then Chris would listen to it and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, just, yeah. like, there was some, we, we were just so caught up in it. And we, we, I, I think it hurt a little bit, but it helped the show because we got away from that. And we started doing the MMA and we started doing the walking dead. And uh, there's, there's a few things I wish I could take back. There's a few things I'm glad I won't ever take back. I, uh, but there's a few things where, and, and the one, the last time there was a big thing when uh, Jake and I had that um, issue publicly, uh, Mind-numbingly, I know it's mind-blowing the idea that two men would cre- communicate with each other and work something out. But you know what I did is I called him on the phone that moment and talked it out with him and straightened it out. I know it's a big concept that's foreign to most people, but that's what we did. I, we cut out the middleman. Kind of Twitter. And I, yeah. And I and I cut out Twitter. That's what I mean. I cut out social media and I said. What's up? Where are we miscommunicating? Oh. Apologized to him publicly, uh, privately, and that was it. And and it and it dawned on me that moment, I'm like, you know, most of these issues could have been avoided if someone just picked up the fucking phone and stopped using social media. 
Well, except for, except for the registered guy. But <laughs> well, I, I I mean there were some issues that um some issues were going to happen no matter what because sure. some people and they in even the business, warned us. Yeah, some, yeah, they warned us about themselves. Yeah, um, one day so you weird. and I are going to hate each other. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah, they did say that, which is incredible. But um, I, I I think I got over it. I. I it, it it was after a truce period, like the white flag went up and we, we were, you know, kind of like not even associating with each other. Um, and just out of the blue, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Like out of nowhere. I forget what yeah, screenshots it. it was. I don't know what the conversation was, but it was about podcasts. And the comment was, you know, like that HIAC talk radio. And you were like, Dan, let me show you this. Don't no, reply. No. But this was this was the one that I told uh, Tartaglia. I'm like, look, just meet me under the bleachers. Yeah, I, I I'm done. Like I'm done, dude. Like I meet me under the I bleachers. Even, if I that makes even, you happy. I even screenshot it and I, I pointed. Remember, yeah. I put it the. I, <laughs> this is one that Chris is like, shut up, Dan. But I screenshot the bleachers and put an arrow. Meet me here. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just one of those things. Like after after a certain amount of time, you just like whatever. Let let let's both go our own ways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, favorite moment real quick. Uh, the JFK, uh, the series loved it. Um, I did enjoy after midnight with MLJ, but MLJ is too big for us now, quite frankly. Uh, he's, he's with a whole, Oh, he's with a whole, no, he probably still do the show. He's a, he's a whore for himself. Oh but, God, uh, he would absolutely do the show. He keeps teasing doing it. Somebody, I think somebody's just got a tap on the shoulder, like, "Come here, Emily. we'll do it." Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> after midnight was fun um, with 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 Emil. Um, I, and I, Justin, I loved... it was fun for just with Justin for a little while. <sighs> that, you remember that, that era was, of it? That was Moose Knuckle, man. That was that was Knuckle. yeah, That's that right. was Moose Knuckle <laughs> Entertainment. I don't know what it you're is talking product about. name ever. Yeah, Dean, yeah. answer me this question though. Sure, sure. Greatest picture that ever came out of anything. Oh, come on. That's that's the M&M's. You can't split an M&M. Uh, that's my favorite thing ever. Uh, that was, Like, that's a Joe Zanoli thing. Um, like, if they get upset, like, 10 years when I'm not even in the business anymore, I could... And I'm not even that. upset. It's just funny to me now. Like, I, it, it was a saying of Joe's that you can only split an M&M so many ways. Um, this particular weekend, I think there were what, like 15 shows within the greater Wilmington. There were shows, but on top of that, there were shows getting scheduled mysteriously. Oh yeah. The same day as other shows. And that previously weren't. Yes. But we booked it first, but they didn't, they didn't clearly. And, and that's where the rift happens where their people were getting I on us about that. I, uh, I remember everything. That. I might not care, but an elephant never forgets. Um, I forgot about that part of it. Oh, the truth. Uh, oh, 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 I'm getting so mad, but, but I'm not getting mad. It's funny to me now because it's like, Oh, this happens all the time. Who cares? Um, the funniest part was how upset he got after, but anyway, that, that was the same. Like we've I'll tell about that story after. Before. Yeah, we, we talked about the picture before. Your dad helped you. You put on the glasses. I'm just trying to really do the uh, cliff notes of this. But the picture is very funny. The funniest part 
is that again this was during like kind of we were uh signaling you know there was a truce moment uh, for all of us Uh, he sees it while you're on the train i think back to uh i'm literally leaving i'm literally leaving 30th street and my phone's blowing up and it's joe like crying about this picture like oh how could you do this to me and like nobody would know it's just dan being goofy with yeah i didn't mark it i didn't tag it i put an m&m in a vice i put another m&m off to the side (laughs) split in pieces put the goggles on stuck my tongue out and had dad take the picture by the way the vice was his idea I was just gonna. Screen. I was just gonna put it. I was just gonna. Well, because he said what he said, and my replace. My reply was very quickly on the radio. Was as Zacto knife and a little patience. I can split it a bunch of ways. <laughs> I love that picture. That picture sums up the first ten years. Yeah, um, but but I'm getting these messages on the phone, freaking out. I'm like, dude, no, I didn't tag anybody. You're the one doing this in public. And then it gets down to the very serious question of, well, why you have this person working here? And and the and the story I always tell when somebody is a wife beater and gets to work in the locker room again is the very famous quote, the infamous quote. Well, Jimmy Snooker murdered his wife or his girlfriend. Do you think we should stop booking him? And my reply, yeah. And the last word I ever said to this man was, yes. <laughs> that was it. It was all over. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going yeah, home. That, See ya. Yeah, that, that that was a weird justification uh, that he used a few times. I heard the Jimmy <laughs> Snooker from him. Uh, you know that's you know you see how that's worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and then it's like, why do you want to use our? Guys? They're not your guys. Like we, if Jake wanted to, and he could outbid you, then he would. They're 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 independent contractors for God's sakes. Um. But anyway, uh, no, it's a funny story. Like the days it's we're all doing our own thing now. It's funny to look back on those and see where we were in 2012, 13 and look back at 2022 and go. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Biggest regret. And I'll tell you this right now. It's that the tank Tolan story that started with the rebooted new moon never went to fruition. Um, I wished it did. Um, we had a great story cooked up. Craig, uh, like this was going to be a series of four to five matches. It was going to end in an I quit match. Tank finally would get his hands on me. He put me through a table. Uh, at the very last minute, he was going to do his uh, finisher to Justin also through a table. Uh, at the count of nine, Justin would get up to his knees, give him the finger, and then drop back down for the ten count. It was going to be amazing. We were going to have a band. I was looking into get. Oh my god, the entrance for Justin for the 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 blow off match, this I quit match. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I was going to get a band together. I was actually in the the beginning processes of looking at gospel choirs in philadelphia wow that would come out and surround the ring and we were going to do uh don't pass me by the the old yeah. the old gospel yeah uh, that was going to be his um entrance to that it was and they were going to be singing the chorus to that <laughs> uh it was going to be like this is stuff 
and I say it all the time, Justin and I, we, we were doing stuff at a different scale than independent wrestling, especially the promotions we were working for were ready for. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that someone had the vision to let us do something as stupid, quite frankly, and <laughs> as funny as that. Could you imagine like this gospel choir comes out? Justin, I'm in the suit with the sweat stains and the, the ponytail, and I look like Paul Heyman, but worse than Paul Heyman somehow. It's <laughs> like I'm homeless. Paul Paul Heyman. Heyman. Yeah, like homeless Paul Heyman uh, coming out to the ring, but Justin. I look like Paul Heyman, but worse somehow. I'm putting that on your tombstone if I outlive you. Ah, that'd be a great thing. But I mean, just the crazy things that we were doing were and like some stuff people haven't even seen like the wyoming stuff uh when we went to I've wyoming, seen parts of it yeah i almost like justin almost drowned in some <laughs> some some stream in wyoming when i baptized them like people haven't seen this stuff um oh bury me not on the old prairie like our our tour guide got killed by a bear in the middle of the night it was all this good stuff that never came out because people my favorite didn't thing was my favorite thing was you texting me about some argument that happened at the takeoff about Johnny Cash. Oh my god! Did I did I text you in the middle of that? You I, uh, you text me the next day. You tell oh me what god. happened, and I was just rolling. And I don't think we could tell that story here. No, no, uh, no. but it uh, it will. Uh, Dean, I'll think about that sometime. Going, he was going to kill him. <laughs> It was it, it, it was an interesting uh, Wyoming was a very interesting uh, trip, but unfortunately, a lot of people lacked faith in either Justin or me, or they didn't like me, or I was an outsider, and eh, it's whatever. But it is what it is. It's good to look back at these moments and laugh now because, quite I, frankly, we're all in better places. Oh, we are. Don't get me wrong. Um, financially, mentally, everything. Um, there was a time where, you know, getting paid 35 bucks every month was like, whoa, I made it, man. I made it. Can I tell you one more PS story to do, Moon? Well, sure, sure. Was it the I, time I, you I, lost, I, uh, yes, lost your Yes, because this yeah. is one of the fun, because there was a bunch of events happening at once. It was watching my cousin, who I love dearly, sit next to, th- this is my cousin who was born the same day as my sister. NXT tiny, superstar Joe Gacy, right? Yes. Yes. Little tiny skinny string bean short woman that she is sitting next to big huge now NXT star Joe Gacy, and she's doing the I love him so much giggle, and I'm just eyeballing him like she was smitten. She was smitten with him because it was me, Kelly, who would help me film the New Moon shows, uh, not her husband now, and um and Joe, and I was just watching her going oh no. Her mother's going to kill me. Um, and the best part about that was, is and, and this is, I've talked about this, and I don't want credit. There's a point to this story. I always told Jake, pay me last. Make sure the guy, the, the girls and boys are paid first. I, I'm fine. Whereas I was always like, Jake, make sure you get me and Brady first. Yeah, me and Grady first. The point was, is as I was financially stable, I, I didn't care. I was driving up for Virginia. Don't pay me. If you want to give me gas, but I don't care. The one week, the one week he's finally like, he was like, 
waited last. He waited for me last. It was like, here you go, big guy. You earned it this this week. And I was like, Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like, you I really gotta were. go to ticket. I was like, <laughs> I ran to you, and I was like, I finally got paid. I didn't even ask for it. We go to Denny's, Giggle and Kelly, Joe Casey. I have to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I leave. I get to the car. Oh, what happened? My money's in the bathroom. I run back in. It's gone. <laughs> it was 25 bucks. It was gone. It was not coming back. And I was like, well, <sighs> moving on. Joe, Joe and I had a great giggle over that. I had a great giggle. Then I was laying in bed the next night going, 25 fucking bucks. I can't believe I did that. I've never told that story in public. I've told you guys, but uh, last time I ate at a Denny's, too, was watching my cousin fawn over Joe fucking Gacy. Joe Gacy. I fawned over him. God damn. I fawn over him now. I think he's I, I think he, he's doing very good with a gimmick. I think that gimmick sucks, but he him do it's like Dusty with the polka dots. Not on I, the same scale, but I he's he's great. I think they gave him something that he didn't want to do and yeah. he's running with it. Yes, um, exactly. I I've always loved Joe. People that um have listened to this I, I loved Joe in 2012. I loved him in 2007 when he debuted. Um, I always thought Joe had something. Um, a friend of his Xerox was always was pretty cool too. Yeah, Xerox. Last time I saw about... Xerox was uh, at that uh, strip show. At a strip yeah. club. He, we didn't know it was at a gentleman's club. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. It was on the poster, but we had no idea as I'm out of breath on the microphone. Anyway. I still have he, that open. I still you know, have that open. He still yeah. won't. He doesn't say hi to my mom anymore. Really? He, my mom actually walked up to him into his face and said, "Oh, hello." And I was like, "Okay, wow." Well, and he no. was like, "I am so sorry." I was like, "Yeah, don't fuck with my mom." Because you know what's funny, and I never told you this part of it. And then I'll, I'll go to Craig. Um, yeah, the historian. I'm uh, the. Yeah. That one day, and this is a, this is a personal memory, because Dean's known me since 2008 now, when God. he joined Com- Comcast. I'm sorry, Dean. Um, I apologize for everything. God, I hated Comcast so much. Oh yeah, I just like just a side note, guys who are Chris, Craig, and people who are listening. How disorganized was Comcast? Dean left for a month, came back, and went back on the phones like it was nothing. He didn't even. I was, he, didn't, he just clocked back in. He was still in the system. He was taking calls that lasted for a day, and he left again. I. That's a funny story in its own right. I. Uh, I, I. I asked for a leave of absence. I went through the official channels. Um, it was denied, and uh, well, I took it anyway, <laughs> and came back. Uh, like you said, it, it was about a month later. It was right before we got. Uh, what you call it again? Um, the uh, it was right before we the, that free time that they would throw at us. Uh, the, the you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. They, they like you you would get thirty two hours of free time. You could use it whenever. You just had to call in, and I was there, like Dan said, a day and uh, left again, uh, never to return. And I was still like for six months. 
I, I, I was getting called from the insurance. They're like, you, you haven't paid your premium. I'm like, I don't work there. I haven't worked there for six months. And like, no, you, you have to pay your premium, mister. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't work there. I, I've moved on. God, I hated Comcast so Leave much. Leave me alone. It was fine when Chuck Haven was there. And then <sighs> I think that was even before your time. That was. And then our best buddy, it turned out to be a uh, child rapist. Yeah, there's that too. Um, yeah, there's that too, but we're not going to talk about that. You just did, Dan. But anyway, historian Oops. on that note. Uh, <laughs> on that note. Oh, look at Dean getting into transition. Craig, hey. now, I want to warn you, Craig, that there's going to probably be more interruptions from Mr. Dixon because uh, uh, he's the old hat on the show other than you. Uh, so I'm going to sit this one out unless I have something to say, but. Just be prepared for more white people uh, interrupting a black guy. Um, so and just, yeah. So it's high school all over again? High school. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the wrestling historian, please take over the show uh, and we will break in. I just asked that when you want to break in because Harry, uh, oh, Harry's here. Craig will see it. Hit your finger up. Yeah. And oh, then say what finger. you're going to say. Yeah. Do that. Just, yeah. Okay. Craig will see you. He'll let you talk. Yes, and hopefully Craig will get to talk again after the things go up. Bye, Chris. Thank you for being a part of the show. It was great to see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly would blame you if you walked out, seriously. So I, 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 I feel your pain. Just like, <laughs> I just got up for a second. Just like, just, no respect. No respect. Yeah, no respect. I'm kidding. I'm respect kidding. At all. Uh, gentlemen, um, and I use the term loosely, we have come to our the part of the show where uh, we look back on this special 10-year anniversary. I will indeed recap uh, the week uh, that was in pro wrestling history, uh, but then we're going to switch things up and open the floor to um, our guests for this special 10-year anniversary show. To answer a question that I have for each and every one of you um, concerning history. So I want to think about this. This is Mr. Lagan's doing. I want to get each of your um, answers. uh, I like this. Hopefully brief. But um, I want to get, and this is the only time I get a chance to do this. And I've been, since this is our 10-year anniversary, I wanted to put this uh, to you guys. But first... Uh, we're going to look back at a time and place where uh, having a, a wrestling event that involved more than one promotion on one card was commonplace. And it wasn't uh, hands- uh, deals were done on handshake deals. Trust was part of it. Territories ruled. Um, there was wrestling in all 50 states and all parts of the countries, in coliseums, in high school gymnasiums in stadiums, in rec centers, back when it was professional wrestling and not sports entertainment. This is a special 10-year anniversary of The Wrestling Historian. And we got this show in on a great weekend because this we hit this on April 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022, but we are right smack in the middle of Road Warrior Weekend. Now, Road Warrior Weekend uh, occurred on April 17th, 18th, 
and 19, I'm sorry, 18th, 19th, and 20th in uh, 1986. And I got to see this part. The Road Warriors kids, for those of you who don't know, are the most uh, successful um, in terms of sold out arenas, merchandising, uh, ticket sales, and the most copied and the most emulated and the most revered tag team of all time. Well, in 1986, the Road Warriors were practically at their zenith. So I want to show, I want to share with you what happened during Road Warrior weekend that I happened to be a part of. Um, April 18th, 1986, uh, the Friday night, and they were right here, Philadelphia, at the now gone, now defunct Philadelphia Convention Center um, in University City, Philadelphia, right across the street from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. But it was there, and an NWA card, um, the main event was a six-man tag team match between Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Ric Flair going up against the team of Wahoo McDaniel, Ronnie Garvin, and Dusty Rhodes. But the most exciting match on the card that night was the NWA Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette defending the belts against the Road Warriors. And, and what will be known as the Dusty Finish, the Road Warriors actually pinned the Midnight Express, but because the referee had been thrown out of the original referee, had been thrown out of the ring, and second referee counted the pinfall, and so the road, so the crowd there thought the Road Warriors had finally become the NWA Tag Team Champions, but it was not to be. And the Midnight uh, Express were disqualified, so the Road Warriors won about, but did not become the NWA Tag Team Champions. That was Friday night in Philadelphia. The very next day, that self-same Road Warrior team flew all the way to New Orleans at the Superdome for the first day, and would be the only day of the first annual Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament that took place at the New Orleans Superdome. And you had teams from all over the United States and from all different parts of the country and in different territories participating in the Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament. You had teams from the central states, the, the Batten Brothers, Brad and Bart Batten, the Central States Tag Team Champions were there. Mike Miller and um, I want to say there was Mike Miller and Rip Oliver, the, the Pacific Northwest Tag Team Champions were part of it. From all Japan, Giant Baba and Tiger Mask were in the Tag Team Tournament. The Fantastics were in the Tag Team Tournament. Uh, from Canada, Rick Martell and Dino Bravo were in the tag team tournament. Um, from the Southwest, I believe the Sheep Herders were in the tag team tournament. Uh, the Fabulous Ones, uh, the other next to the Rollers, most influential tag team of all time, they were in the uh, Jim Crockett tag team tournament. And, the, and it was an afternoon and an evening show, and combined about 13,000 people were there and the Road Warriors, one day after almost winning the NWA Tag Team Championship, won the first annual Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament by defeating the makeshift team of Ronnie Garvin and Magnum TA. Originally, the team was Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA, America's team, but Dusty dropped out 
so he can get a shot at Ric Flair for the NWA Heavyweight Championship, even though Dusty wasn't the number one contender and Dusty was the booker. So what are you going to do? But <laughs> uh, in his stead, Ronnie Garvin and Maggie T.A. went all the way to the finals, but lost to the Road Warriors. And the Road Warriors won the first annual Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament in New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana. But less than a day later, in Minnesota, the Metrodome, the very next day, Dan, was the first annual AWA Wrestle Rock extravaganza. Well, I can hear is that friggin' rap song. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was gonna say. That's uh, that that was made famous by the uh, the, the the rap uh, that yeah. they all came out. I'm Wrestle Marty Rock Gennetti. Rumble. Yeah. Wrestle Rock yeah. Rumble. Yes, yeah, with such luminaries as Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, Scott Hall, Kurt Henning, and the great Ken Resnick showing off their mad rap skills with a Z. Um, but the tournament took place, well, I mean, the tournament, the extravaganza, this was the AWA's answer to WrestleMania, WrestleRock, at the um, Metrodome in the Minnesota. Um, they had uh, Vern Gagne uh, came out of retirement for that bout. Uh, they brought back Jimmy Snuka for a cage match. And one, and one of the uh, main event cage matches was uh, getting the revenge on the people that cost him the AWA tag team title, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, the, not yet the Freebirds, were, were trapped in a cage against the two guys that hated them the most, the Road Warriors. So the Road Warriors went an NWA bout on Friday in Philadelphia, won the Jim Crockett tag team tournament on Saturday in New Orleans, and on Sunday they were in the AWA fighting Jim Garvin and uh, Michael Hayes. Not to be outdone, the, the other wrestlers that wrestled in all three of those bouts that I talked about during Road Warrior Weekend were, were Jimmy Garvin uh, and Wahoo McDaniel. They, were, they went from Philly to New Orleans to, uh, to the AWA. Also on that card, the Fabulous Ones were uh, in the, the Jim Crockett tournament, and they were also in the AWA Wrestle Rock and the fabulous ones in the AWA uh, Wrestle Rock, they wrestled the team of Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, who had left the WWF, had not gone to the NWA yet, and they were pretty much free agents. But here the, were the former WWF Tag Team Champions wrestling on an AWA card and beating one of the most influential tag teams of all time, the fabulous ones. And that was Road Warrior weekend yes dean i i was gonna ask uh colonel de beers he had to be on that awa show yes uh, i don't think that man did he wrestle anywhere else in his entire career uh yes. colonel de beers yes ed easy i ed, only saw him in awa that's why i'm asking that i'm very sad for you that that's the only time you saw him but easy ed wiskowski wrestled quite a bit he was a former pacific northwest heavyweight champion there you uh, go Okay. And when he went down to Florida, he was Derek the Mongoose Draper. And he was part of an angle where he broke the nose legitimately of Barry Windham. And it was turned into an angle because it was we found out that in the angle that someone had paid Derek 
the Mongoose Draper, a.k.a. Ed Wiskowski, a.k.a. Colonel De Beers, to break Barry Windham's nose on purpose. But who could the bone breaker be? And it was name written on a piece of paper that Derek Draper gave to Barry Windham, and it was said Nivik Navalis. Well, I don't know who Nivik Navalis is. Who the hell is Nivik Navalis? Come to find out, it was Kevin Sullivan spelled backwards. Oh, my Oh my God! So, yeah, they, so, they revived that years later with Dave Sullivan. Yeah, Dave Ad. Yes, yes, that Kevin Sullivan. Uh, that's one of my favorite memories, Dan, uh, of being in the business. Uh, very quickly was meeting Kevin Sullivan. Uh, he wrestled Matt Trema at the very first H two O show. Um, yeah. Uh, Hello, brother. How you doing, brother? Yeah, that's pretty much. Very much. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wanted to add Colonel DeVeers is also I know he wrestled in the uh Eastern Championship wrestling before it was ECW. No. Yes, he because he's with, yes. with, when he when, wrestled when Carrie Spinhart up here. Had, did he? Yes. Wait, was it was it was it Tri State or was it ECW? Okay, well now okay. I, I stay I'm pretty sure it was an NWA show at Cherry Hill, man. Oh. I'm pretty okay. sure it was a Cherry because I believe it was one of those shows where he popped his Jerry Harry's prosthetic foot off. Oh, oh and yeah. It, and popped it back on before ever. <laughs> Cause nobody That's knew tough. he had a prosthetic foot. And I thought that was an urban legend, Dan, because there was no camera. There was no internet. But I only read about that at on from a wrestling magazine. That wasn't an after magazine. So I didn't trust it. So I heard that. Oh no, there's no way he took his foot off. That is that the wrestling eye? Yeah. Is that, yeah, the one that uh, had the VHS tapes for uh, apartment wrestling. Yes. That yeah, yes. yeah. And that was like <laughs> the sports review wrestling, the Ben Strong series stopped carrying them. Um, yes. when wrestling got more mainstream, so no more apartment <laughs> wrestling. Yes. Uh, I, I was fascinated <laughs> as a kid, ten years old, seeing apartment wrestling what is that i was older than that and i i went to every apartment <laughs> did you guys have wrestling here no slam go ahead dan i just wanted to say uh the aforementioned uh, american roughneck he just com- comment he just commented on facebook he wanted to say happy anniversary we started together and i just wanted to shout out darren yeah. leonard aka american roughneck yes the only what? man that could draw me is slimer and make it look disgusting <laughs> yes, oh. protect those neck furters back there, Dan. Neck furters. is going to live forever. <laughs> but it is. Uh, and that um, was a wrestling historian because we're celebrating Road Warrior Week. But what I wanted to pose to all of you guys, and because this is the only time I'm going to get a chance to ask all three of you this, and on this wrestling podcast, we were just talking about wrestling history. And I mentioned two big events that happened this week in wrestling history. Uh, the aforementioned Wrestle Rock in the Metrodome in, um, in Minnesota and the first Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament that took place in uh, the Superdome in Louisiana. But, gentlemen, is there a match or a card that you didn't witness that you would that you would have loved to have seen live. Mm-hmm. Better alive before or only when we that were alive. Does not matter. Okay. Past, present. 
a, a match or a card that you wish you had seen live. Go ahead, Dan. All right. I want to go first. I want Dean to go second, and I want Chris to go third since he's added I, very little to this episode because he's just been kind of hanging out. Know. We've been kind of talking over him, and I don't think he feels very well. So I want I want Chris to get the main event on this one. I I could tell you, you've been getting up a season, and I don't want to make you talk more, but I want you to have the spotlight at the end of this. Uh, I know so what he's going to say. Magnum TA. And, <laughs> Magnum TA. <and> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I was there, God damn it! But anyway. I'm <laughs> uh, before I go, because I want Chris to have the floor at the end, Craig, do you have one? Or do you want to uh, go last? Uh, yeah, I, not. I, it was my question, so yes. Um, there. I wish I could have been... Uh, I. WrestleMania three, I still would have. I, even though I watched it on closed circuit television, and I would have loved to have seen uh, that crowd in, in in real life and seen that, and just watched Savage and Steamboat um, for myself for my own eyes. I would have loved to have been there live. Uh, probably the the card or match I would have loved to have seen live, August twenty first, nineteen seventy nine, when Dusty Rhodes won his first NWA championship. Since I cut the pictures out of program wrestling illustrated and hung it on my wall because I was a massive Dusty Rhodes fan um, in nineteen seventy nine. I was only thirteen. But um I would have loved to have seen the speaking of the Superdome, the match in uh August of nineteen eighty, it still holds a record for the largest crowd in Superdome history. And this was nineteen eighty before anyone knew who these guys were. But the culmination of the feud between the Freebirds and Junkyard Dog, when Junkyard Dog was blind in the first, one of the first now uh, dog collar matches ever, but there was 28,000 people in the Superdome and the, they outsold every other show in any major federation, the WWF and the AWA, NWA. For these, for the Freebirds, for Michael Hayes and Junkyard Dog, Andre and Ernie Ladd wasn't the main event on that show. It was Junkyard Dog and and uh, and I told you the the previous month, a fan had jumped over the rail with a gun uh, to protect Junkyard Dog, who was blind, and uh, told the dog, "I don't worry, dog, I got him." And Junkyard has to, you know, it's like the Jack Benny joke, your your money or your life. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because do I grab the guy that has a, a loaded gun and then show everyone that I'm blind or do I pretend to be blind and then watch this fan shoot one or all of the Freebirds? Uh, fortunately, a cop jumped in beforehand, so nothing happened, but that was the kind of heat that they, Freebirds, had in 1980 at the Superdome uh, 28,000 fans, I would have loved to have been there for that. Um, so now they're coming to me. Also, the 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 Ricky Steamboat versus Jay Youngblood against Slaughter and Cronodal at the Charlotte Coliseum where they turned away 16,000 fans and the place was going nuts. Um, at the Parade of Champions at Texas Stadium, Kerry and Ric Flair um, would have loved to have seen that. But that's it. I'm done. I, I'll keep going. But that's those are the matches or cards I would have loved to have seen Live, I would love to have been there. Go ahead. 
I have two easy answers for this. And uh, they're going to vary way differently than everybody else because of the era I was born watching. Uh, I'll go with the number two and then the number one. Number two is I wish like hell I could have been at WrestleMania 10. Yeah. Man, Greg Garden, awesome show. I, I, Brett and Owen and then Razor and Michaels sure. and at MSG. Yeah. I, I've been, I finally got to MSG before the pandemic. So I got that venue in. Um, but goddamn, I wish I could be at that particular event at Madison <laughs> Square Garden to be in the middle of that. And quite frankly, and I know Dean's going to chuckle because his fa- my favorite question is when was the last time he has a good, he's had a good match since the early 90s? Uh, is the Great American Bash for Sting beat Ric Flair for the title? I, as a stinger, as a little stinger, I only ever seen it on TV. Again, I've also been at that venue to see a concert. I finally got that venue. Didn't live up to its potential venue-wise, but, you know, the concert was fine. Would have been, it's Dean's favorite band. I saw the Smashing Pumpkins there. Uh, But, (laughs) (laughs) oh, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done for you, Dean. Is the day your your mother passed, I sent you this song called For Martha, which is a pumpkin song about the passing of Billy Corgan's mom. And like years later, you're like, by the way, I just want to tell you, it was a wonderful gesture, but I fucking hate him. And I fucking hate the song. <laughs> Stupid. I was I like, do. he goes, I but I appreciate the, the gesture. It was very nice. But Sting versus Flair. Uh, to me, as far as my fandom in wrestling, that is the pinnacle. Yeah, Flair and Sting, all that build finally, and after the knee injury, which made that build last longer, to that roll up out of the out of the figure four and the one two three and the one of the loudest pops you'll ever hear in wrestling mm-hmm. in those days. Wish I could have been there for that. I okay. did get a consolation, uh, and, and we don't all have to answer this, but I was there, and I know it's we're talking about the dying days of WCW. But the last ever Nitro at the Spectrum, yeah, I saw Brett and Sting wrestle each other as the uh, semi-main event against the first hour of Raw. That's awesome. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like seeing Genesis. If I died, I died happy. I'd die happy. It's fine. Mr. Dixon. Ooh. Any credibility? In a former life. The In a former life. Yeah, known as. Um. And that was actually an Aaron Ganey moment, uh, Dean of Credibility. That's right. Yes, and it was. Knight, and yes, yes. Uh, and yeah. Robert went, ran with it, and we all did. That was it. And and right. and to be fair, the uh, Joe Zanoli with the Dan the Man, the above average comedian, Dan Calchico. That was Joe. So was it? I I thought I was above average. It, you did above average. Yeah. But Joe was calling me Put Dan the Man, and then heard you call me above average, and then. Threw them all together and it kind of stuck. You know. Well, there you go. I, I, um. Oh boy. Uh. Two. Uh, SummerSlam 2002 uh, stands as what I feel was the last big uh, before we all lost our innocence with uh, the Chris Benoit double murder and everything. This card was stacked for WWE. I, I'm I'm looking here. This is when uh, Lesnar beat The Rock, uh, so the era of Brock Lesnar started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shawn Michaels came back for a second run, uh, defeating Triple H, uh, Van Dam and Benoit. 
uh, Flair and Jericho uh, before Jericho became the Jericho he is now. <laughs> um, Angle and Mysterio in, in, in a great opener. Um, and this is when, like, I think this was uh, Mysterio's first match in WWE, mm-hmm. uh, certainly at a pay-per-view. Um, it was kind of like, wow, like you look back at this show and uh, Eddie Guerrero and Edge wrestled and probably forgot about that feud. Um, but a really, a, a really uh, great great the un-americans now that's an angle i'm sure we all forgot about oh Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah the un-americans but like i i even think i said this on the forum back in 2004 this is like the last great uh wwe pay-per-view where i i the the action like everything lived up um to its everything lived up to it um, the hype, uh, I mean, you had Shawn Michaels coming back after, you know, five years, you had, you know, legends on this, you had, you had just a little bit of everything. So SummerSlam 2002 and Craig said it, uh, Craig said a lot, uh, but he did mention this one and it is the first parade of champions. Um, I, I, I think simply because, uh, this is Carrie's, uh, crowning moment in, in the sport as uh nwa champion of course he you know they couldn't trust him with that belt so he lost <laughs> he lost it three weeks later i think it was yeah but uh yeah japan yeah um but even the card i mean you you have the Freebirds, uh fritz in one of his last matches uh mm-hmm. certainly not his last angle okay. uh but uh didn't he have a heart attack yeah, that was right. Yeah. That was after Carrie had left and uh, Mike had died, and that was this. This was uh, Christmas of '87. Yeah, yeah, like toward the end of World Class, right? Uh, but this is the heights of, of of World Class. This is when they were on ESPN Weekly, mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of sympathy toward uh, the Von Eric family, of course, because of David. Yeah. Um, but he was the first one to go. So after, I mean, I think after you had the fifth annual one and there was only Kevin left. Yeah. Um, it, it became like, I mean, this is, this story has been told plenty of times, but, um, Kevin, speaking of, uh, Kevin, he wrestled with his father and with his brother, Mike against the Freebirds in yeah. the co-made event, mm-hmm. um, junkyard dog and missing link. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that was a good one. Yeah, Kamala versus Kabuki. Yeah, uh, with Gary Hart, a uh, friend of the show, Dan. Uh, yeah. Gary Hart. Um, just so much, like, a lot of history in that. And uh, growing up, I, I was a huge world-class fan because uh, growing up, like, late 80s, they were rerunning all the world-class uh, shows. So they were showing things from, like, I don't know, in 89 and 90, they were showing things from 84 and 85 and it looked like a hot promotion, but as time went on and you saw the sportatorium slowly, you know, people stopped showing up after a while and dingier and darker. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad story. Yeah. Uh, But I think to, you know, put that in a capsule, you know, like time in a bottle, that would be the one, uh, to remember world class as uh, what it was. I mean, it was very, it, 
they were the premier territory in the end. They were the crown jewel of the NWA. Oh, yeah. This is back when, you know, the Mid-Atlantic was uh, still thriving. We have Flair and Steamboat and Piper uh, in Valentine there and Florida and Dusty and the Briscoes, the original Briscoes. um, In Georgia. And Georgia, Georgia too. Yeah, Tommy Rich and Mr. Wrestling too. And the the ratings uh, locally were just dwarfing anything that you see on network television right now. Memphis was on fire. Oh, and yeah. You were going to say, Dan? If I told you what I made that night, <laughs> you'd never talk to me again. The I famous made $30,000. $30,000. <laughs> Off a gate of $1.5 million. Yeah. You know. You never talk to me you again. You never talk to me again. What's a booking office? A booking, booking office. office is where the <laughs> wrestlers book the matches. The matches. <laughs> I love Thanks, Gary. Gary. Thanks, Gary. That was a. I just recently watched sidebar. I just recently watched his guest Booker, because uh, uh, Sean Oliver is reloading all that stuff up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. God damn it, we just missed him. We just missed him a couple years. That would have been an amazing interview. I just wanted to, that's a guy I could have picked his brain for hours and he enjoyed it. I, Gary Hart is a mind that is missing this business right now. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, definitely. my God. And, and Gary Hart was the guy that almost single handedly was responsible for the resurgence of world class because it was him who saw, you know, world class was, was a place where old veterans would go to get a paycheck because you have. Fritz had his young sons, but they were wrestling guys that Fritz wrestled. So you had guys like Mark Lewin, the spoiler, and Ox Baker uh, wrestling, you know, David Kevin and Kerry. And it was Gary Hart who came in as a booker and said, well, we have these three young baby faces here. Why don't we give them three young heels to work with and other young heels? So it was Gary Hart who brought in the Freebirds and Gino Hernandez, and Chris Adams, and Jimmy Garvin. And next thing you know, World Class uh, was, again, the hot spot in all the, out of all the territories in the NWA. The Christmas show, uh, the NWA champion had to go to Texas on Christmas. That's what you did. You go to, to the Mid-Atlantic for Thanksgiving shows that would become Starcade, but in Christmas, you went to Reunion Arena, because that was the biggest show on you know, on Christmas, and the world class had the biggest show of the year. And that's what set up David Von Erich had pinned Ric Flair Christmas Day 1983. That was going to set up the Texas Stadium show that following May um, that Kerry took the spot. But that was David's spot. David was supposed to... Uh, become the world champion will wrestle Ric Flair at that, that Texas stadium show on May 6th, 1984. Um, but, and for all intents and purposes, he was going to go over. He had gotten the, the, the green light from everyone from Ric Flair to the NWA president, to Harley race. Um, so yeah. So Gary Hart was a very influential man in making world-class what it is. The moment we've all been waiting for. The answer to the question by Omega Squad, Chris Green. Oh, God, yes. Pipe it up a little bit more. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Omega Squad. (laughs) 
Um, you know, I think generally there's there's any number of, of, of shows that I didn't get to see in the 80s, like any of them, because I didn't really get to any, any wrestling shows in the 80s. So to really have experienced the kind of 80s wrestling boom in some sense would have really been interesting. Um, but I'll kind of piggyback off of what has already said a little bit, like WrestleMania 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been a good one to to to, to see uh, the the Hogan Andre thing that kind of stuff. I think that would have been really good. Um, you know, a little bit more modern. Uh, I would have really liked to have been there. No Way Out, two thousand four, when Eddie Guerrero won his won his WWE championship. Yeah. I think that would have been really really cool. Um, Holy man, I got a new one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm stealing your answer. Shit. <laughs> Um, so I think that would have been pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I don't think this was a good match, but it would have been kind of interesting to bet in the crowd when, uh, you know, CM Punk faced John Cena and walked out with the, uh, walked out with the title there. That would have just, just bad, been It wasn't a bad match though. It was, yeah. it was, no, it, wasn't, it was it more wasn't the aftermatch. That was the big show, but yeah, I yeah. hear you on that. Right. One. Yeah. 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 So that, that live. Yeah. And I will throw one kind of non-WWE one out there that uh, is, is, is always been one of my favorite matches, and I would have loved to have seen it live. Um, and Dean may appreciate this one a little bit more. Um, Unbreakable 2005 TNA, AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe, triple threat. Oh, Jesus. Amazing, amazing match. in TNA history, yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably the best match in uh, TNA history. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't they have two? They had that and then a rematch like a year later. They um, did do they a, a to... second one. It wasn't quite as good. Um, that's but, like, uh, yeah. like but a I mean, great that's... movie that gets a sequel. How you top it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but that's like saying Godfather and Godfather Part 2. I mean, uh, what, what you, you know, I mean. Depends on my yeah. mood. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like Undertaker and Sean, you know, which one do you, which one do you like? Which one's like, better? Yeah. Dean, it's yeah, like right. your favorite movies, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Which one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, historians will go back and, yeah. No, which, compare those which, two or, things. or Ghostbusters 3 or 4, which I gave Chris Green a uh, code for and never heard back from him. So I assume he's I, I did watch it. I did watch it. And we never talked about it, so I'm disappointed. We, we never talked about it. Well, I knew I'd not get roped into doing the podcast somehow. Ah. <laughs> well, we'll talk after this for a quick confab after, and then I got to go because I have to take a Sammy Callahan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for. <laughs> you had to get a Sammy in. I, yeah, I'm going to get I, one I in, baby. Dan. Dan. There we go. We got it. Thank you. It is. My, there it is. I needed it. Uh, the. Once known as Dean of Credibility, Dean Dixon, thank you for setting us on this journey years ago. Um, with all, past all the drama, with the addition of Craig and sometimes Rope and Chris in, which I will around SummerSlam or before that if somebody dies. Um, as one, as sometimes it happens in wrestling. Um, I thank you. Because it is still fun or I wouldn't do this anymore. And like I said, priorities change. And I have a new passion and something I really, really like. But right now I have it to the point where it's still fun for me. And I'll continue to do it as long as I can. I hope so because I just bought this new mic and this new soundboard. 
I love so, that reverb. Uh, yeah. Um, did you hear the sound effects too? No, probably not. But no, I have but, sound effects. This broadcast can hear it. So, ladies and gentlemen, follow Dean at Folsom County on Twitter because uh, he and I are going to start bitching about these Phillies who are down three to two at the top of the fifth. Yeah, uh, Mr. Omega Squad, Chris Green will will have. He doesn't tweet often, but when he does, it is a golden nugget of anything between MMA, pro wrestling, and the shitty school that is Syracuse. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. It's a Duke thing. I'm just kidding. Yes, I know. I know. Oh, it's, it's a shame Coach K couldn't go out with the win. I know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> still has the best A. Still had the high. Still has the record for highest attended AHL game. The uh, stadium, which is the Carrier Dome, that has no air conditioning until now. Um, figure that one out. For, yeah. What is it now? Uh, uh, I think, it, think it's going to be like JMA Wireless Dome, something like that. Well, they better have air conditioning. Is all I'm saying. Well, they they have air conditioning. I don't know what their oh. internet's like, but oh well, we're gonna find out. Yeah, and so. last but not least, the professor of professional wrestling since Mike Tenay, Craig Lagans. Follow him at Big Surprise. Craig Lagans. Follow me at Danlaw83. Go to your podcast app. Type in HIC Talk Radio Network. Listen to all the shows. Listen to if you're listening to this one, go backwards. There's more. Uh, maybe in the 20th anniversary, when I'm in a wheelchair because I'm still fat because I like shrimp bullies, Dean will come back. And <laughs> maybe well, there's I don't know. before that. Yeah. There's... Oh, that's true. Every we got five more years. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. you know what? If the Phillies win a World Series, we'll be back. Definitely. Definitely. You know they're going to win now. But anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for indulging me. Dean, Omega Squad, Craig, thank you very much. Craig's got the bubbly. We're going to go drink. Um, Episode episode 560's in the books, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't get you for 500, but I got you for 560. We'll see you next time. Such a professional, this guy. Bye, guys.